Material Components. Episode 68, Planar Planning. Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Gargoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Oh, yeah. thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. I knew you were coming out of baked <laughs> cake and all that. But who are we, guys? Who are we? <laughs> What? I don't know. That was it's so like awesome, but I, I ask this question more often than I should. But who are we? I? I don't know about you guys. <laughs> I am Olivia, and I will be playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I'm Elliot, and I am playing Cherish Ironstrike, the Tiefling Sorcerer. I am Michael, and I am playing Sid Emberlight, Half-Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. And of course, before I begin today's session, I'd like to ask the same question I ask at the beginning of every session, and that is, do you remember what happened last time? Well, we explored, well, we sort of got our bearings in this new uh, city that we find ourselves in, uh, had a lengthy conversation with was that Judah? No. No, it was Blizz. You had a bit of a conversation with Blizz Fizzlenozzle, master of the Halls of Wonder. An adventuring-themed restaurant and bar slash cover for the Rift Keepers here in Fair Ames here. Indeed. The perfect um, cover, you might say. Yeah, and he's gonna do a class do a session of a class for rift keeping a master class i think it's more like a it's more for 101 yeah, yeah. <laughs> get your toes wet mm -hmm. um and then and then as i want to do i split the party <laughs> that's true <laughs> My favorite activity in this in this particular game is just leaving. <laughs> and you do a great job at it, because I while do. the rest of the party was either staying behind in the Riftkeeper Sanctum, or wandering around the city to get their bearings a little bit, or playing a rousing game of Whack-A-Goblin. Uh, oh, who could forget? <laughs> high score is still only at 23, but... Um, <sighs> A measly. <laughs> Cherish did indeed <laughs> wander off into the city to go to try to find some uh, resources that you might utilize to attempt you to continue your mission. It's not like I was doing something unimportant. It's just that I didn't have to go by myself and I decided to anyway. This is true. So what did Cherish do by herself? Uh, Cherish went to back to House Lydon with the help of Shadoran uh, to go talk to um, Obadiah Smith. That's not his name. Um, Suoran Lydon. 
Orin, Sue Orin Lyodon. Who is Sid's biological uncle and the second in command of House Lyodon, the Chancellor, if you will. Yes. Um, To ask him for resources in terms of a, uh, you know, wizard and an alchemist, because we're trying to figure out these lawless pendants and if we can somehow duplicate them. We did find out that they have abjuration magic and that they're from the far realm and that they're made of black mithril. So just sort of trying to figure out how we can, if we can, um, learn any more in terms of um, uh, trying to duplicate them to get out into the wilding and close this dang rift. Um, So I'm going to meet Anayan Sonoran who is Sid's step-uncle. He is, at the very least, the brother of Sid's step-mom. Yeah. Uh, and right. Lee Valfir, Sid's aunt, biological aunt, uh, who is a pretty uh, well-renowned alchemist, it seems. This is true. So, yeah. And then I also talked to Angela. Did have a brief conversation with young Angie, uh, mm-hmm. and she made it known that while a great many people probably had opinions about what her opinion should be, she wanted to make up her own mind, and she requested a a meeting at some point with our good, good rogue Sid. Yeah. What Which, could go wrong? Hey, as far as teenagers go, not the worst thing a teenager's ever done. It's true, there was that time she threw a sword into the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Who hasn't? And that was just uh, yesterday. Yeah, it was just... <laughs> but yes, uh, while you were getting some important meetings lined up, uh, the rest of you were back at the Riftkeeper Sanctum, Grawl doing some research, uh, Tirza playing and trying to beat uh, <laughs> Arvidon's record at Wackagoblin, and <sighs> Sid went a Roman through the streets of Fair Aimsir seeing the sights, uh, bringing in some of the local color, and eventually being cornered by a very peculiar creature, spouting off a series of seemingly random cryptic messages. This creature then followed you back to the Riftkeeper Sanctum, at which point, after a bit of confused uh, chatter... You tried to touch it, it then paralyzed Tirza, and then mm-hmm. Sid attacked it, and you fought it, and you drove it off. Please. 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 We? What is this we business? <laughs> right. Grawl drove it off with a good, good hit. Stupid psychic damn it. Horse shit. God damn it. But the yes. rest of us... <laughs> Cherish then returned to the Sanctum in the aftermath of this fight, and uh, both her and Master Blizz Fizzlenozzle have now returned to the lower level of the Sanctum, uh, very curious about what just transpired, and I believe we pick up there as Blizz Fizzlenozzle stands slack-jawed as you explain this scenario of this strange creature that somehow found its way into his Sanctum, uh, via a means of teleportation that had caused a, such a flurry upstairs. 
So we will begin now, having assumed you told him that whole story. <laughs> yep. So Cherish, you are in all on this. There is. <laughs> Cherish, you are in on this storytelling as well. Yes. Ah. Uh, well, it it seems like it was. I mean, it had to have had some kind of you know extra planar stuff about it. It was definitely I mean, getting that vibe, yeah. It it was something not of this world. I got the impression based on the things it was saying that perhaps there's some sort of connection to the Skane Witch, but I I don't know. And Judah will say, yeah, and the whole paralyzing the two of you and turning you into blue marble statues probably had a little bit of a hint as well. Yeah, yeah. Just that's like kind of what I was getting to. Just like a little bit. Sarcasm, Judah, I like it. Ooh, yeah, it's a good look on you. <laughs> I, sorry, I don't know what's come over me, but... <laughs> no, it's good, I wasn't being facetious. I was. It's... He'll turn to Fizzle Nozzle. The way it paralyzed them, it was as if they were trapped in the place that the Skane Witch took us each year. Uh, Mike, as one of the people who was paralyzed, what did Tirza and I experience when it happened? It's just like missing time. There's a, a bit of a jump cut in your memory. just all of a sudden it was dead or gone i guess yeah or in tears's case all of a sudden everyone was surrounded fighting it yeah mm. and again mm. fizzle nozzle's mouth is just agape and he is not sure what to make of all of this um Okay, uh, hmm. I, hmm, you all stay put, I think I'm gonna close down for the day, might be for the best. Yeah, there might be more. Did, um, is everyone upstairs alright? Just flustered, or? Just surprised as all hell, I didn't think it... It shouldn't be able to teleport into here. Why is that? Well, I don't know if you noticed outside, but we're sort of in a little pocket. And that's, um... I mean, the inside of these trees in Fairames here, they're not all just big bubbles of sky. This is kind of a custom job. And... It's a whole thing about this city, but anyway, you shouldn't be able to teleport into people's homes or locations or businesses or anything. Hmm. Maybe teleport's the wrong word for what it was doing. Huh. Maybe. But Maybe it doesn't follow the laws, so to speak. As Cherish puts on sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> And that makes everybody kind of fall silent. Hmm. 
So yeah, uh, Blizz goes back upstairs and begins to uh, tell his employees to go home and shut down the inn for the day. Um, those who are those adventurers who are still actually staying in the place are allowed to keep their rooms, but they're asked to stay in there or head out for the day. <sighs> Meanwhile, downstairs you are left with Judah and Etsuko. Um, I, I'll go back and re-listen to the episode, but I just want to like establish that Cherish is like is trying to get down in her her journal like what exactly the things it said okay both with judah and with sid so i'll go back and listen to that later okay um yeah you get a bit of it um the only one that really sticks out to you as being specific is whatever it said to tirza which, luckily for you, she remembers very vividly. All right. Everything Let's else can section. pretty much be construed as random or nonsensical, but the one at Tirza and the what it shouted finally at Grawl seem to be very specific. Okay. Though in Grawl's instance, it was a single word. Oh, read the confusion on your face <laughs> it's parasite i don't know. oh no see i yeah i was like single Foster word I'm like yeah movie. yeah <laughs> no 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 i've got parasite on here circled and like x'd out and like bad and yuck and ugh, hate oh. that, i've also got the other one there i was like no he said the two gods will clash and i was like oh yeah i've got that one too yeah just making sure i didn't write down the wrong thing So what happened? Uh, I don't really Grawl, remember. Grawl struck it and it like like very hard, clearly, and it gave up and disappeared. Atsuko will say, you clearly channeled a great deal of your patron's power into that strike. Mm. Are you I'm happy about it? Are you all right? That these things do not come without a cost. How's your arm looking? I don't say that. Mm. Sorry, drink of beer important for character development. Um, Grawl um, like scratches at his arm a little bit. Um, yeah. That was the first time I put that much into it. I don't know if I want to do that again. Etsuko just nods at you. But we'll then turn back to Sid and say, Yes, Grawl was the one to drive it away. Money of our attacks did not seem to have much of an effect on the creature, but... Whatever it was that Crawl did severely damaged it in some way. Do you 
does and I sort of yeah to Etsuko and and I guess to Judah nobody know nobody recognizes this thing nobody has heard about anything like this nobody has seen anything like this Etsuko's just shaking her head Judah will shrug and say it, it looked like a big cloak I don't it wasn't anything like to a, like a mirrored mask I've never even heard of anything like that before. Is there books here that we can look at? That's that a might... cool turn and say, I mean, there are like lots of books, yes. Well, maybe to the people yeah. who have already been looking through them, is there a specific section we could look at? Yeah, I mean, I could do some help with some research while Liz is closing stuff up. Sure. Etsuko would be willing to help with that. Judah is not quite sure how he can help. Uh, he's read a bit, but he's not exactly a researcher. Yeah, neither am I. Uh, as soon as Etsuko gives... Or, or cherish whichever one mentions like a section that might be a good place to start. Tears are just like storms off in that direction. Okay, uh, there is a section within the the research material here devoted to uh, planar creatures, entities, and uh, essentially it's a, a bestiary for planar monsters, things that you might encounter from other worlds, other planes. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> um, we all put together the whole thing about like when we went to um, we tried to go with the old mage to the what was it I'm trying to remember I can't remember it was the astral, the astral plane, plane and it was material. and that was the same color uh, the like time lock kind of bullshit that we're experiencing now that appears to be the case, but you've also experienced the same thing when you've tried to go to the ethereal plane as well. Right. Yeah. So the running theory is that the two planes are sort of overlapping in some way. Mm hmm. Smooshed. In a technical sense, yes, they've been smooshed. There mm. are creatures in the ethereal slash uh, astral plane. Were they like this creature? The creatures you've seen in the the hybrid plane is no. They've been much more monstrous. They've been like pale fleshed, horrible things. And they have like the spikes jutting out of them, and uh, their some of their bones are on the outside. Uh, the closest thing is maybe the horrible worm mage that Grawl encountered that wore a, a horrible like kabuki like mask but this one this one that we just encountered had a, like, it was like a mirror finish it was just like a, a it's like metal. a it was just a mirror yeah it was just smooth yeah. circular also there weren't worms dripping out of it no That's, you know good. I prefer thank, them that thank way. god <laughs> though I wouldn't have tried to touch it if that had been the case 
Would have just hit it. <laughs> um. Okay. I'm researching. Okay. Uh, and I'm assuming Tirza, you're doing the same. Yep, I got a 19. Okay. And are you using one of your advantages? I sure am. Okay. Uh, Cherish, you can uh, attempt uh, an assist, or if you like. Uh, this is something we haven't done before because no one's ever had Tears' help in researching before. Um, you can attempt a, a associated knowledge roll. So in this case, it would be Arcana. And if you get a above what Tirza rolled in investigation, uh, Tirza will be able to add your proficiency bonus to her roll. Yeah, oh. and I can and I can also use my advantage. Sure. In this particular instance, yeah. Yeah, well, because it's Arcana, yeah. Mm. Oh, <laughs> shit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be like, um, can I use advantage even though it's a uh, wisdom check? <laughs> well, it's always going to be a knowledge-based thing, so it will always be int, but in this particular case, it is Arcana. Oh, yeah, I gotcha. So the DC is 19, though. Mm-hmm. Well, that ain't no problem, because, let's see, what is my Arcana plus? It's more than 18. Or 19, I mean. Um, 23. 23, okay. So, uh, a you can add Cherish's proficiency bonus to Which your... is 23. No, 4. Yeah, but 19 plus oh, 4 yeah, is plus 23. Because <laughs> that's how math works. Math, y'all! <laughs> go to school! <laughs> Could we do it the opposite? Can we get a 27? <laughs> <laughs> so, you go digging around and searching through uh, the, the knowledge contained here. Eventually, you find, with a 23, you actually do find a little bit. Ooh! You find reference to a strange creature called a philithis. P-H-I-L-E-T-H-I-S. Philithis. It is in a, a travel log that you find reference to this creature. It was some kind of guardian or protector of an ancient, strange tome that is described in this travel log. Uh, in this tomb, they found uh, that the walls were all made of this strange metal that they couldn't identify. There was architecture that they couldn't understand how it was made. You see several sketches of these weird doorways that almost looked ribbed in appearance, of some kind of dark burnished material the artist is trying to capture something and they can't quite do it as though the walls are made of a material that they can't quite nail the um the texture like texture of it of. yeah yeah uh and they have a small sketch of a person next to this doorway for scale and it's clearly like 20 30 feet across and tall hmm. but Later in the travelogue, they describe this creature, this philithus, they call it. Uh, and they talk about having a 
maddening conversation with this thing in which it did not provide any useful information, uh, but it would not allow them to pass past a certain point within this ruin. Hmm. And like it, the the conversation, quote unquote, was a lot of it giving like cryptic sentences that just didn't necessarily apply. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, in particular, it's uh, it actually says the uh, it has like a bit of a, an example of the conversation, and it says uh, the person who was the explorer here asks. Who are you? What are you doing here? And the Philothus responds, The moon is full, and the roses will bloom in 437 hours. The explorer responds, What are you talking about? And the Philothus says, When you were 11 years old and playing with that ball, why did you bounce it three times against the wall, but four times against the ground? The explorer responded, How did you know about what happened when I was a child? And the Philothus responded, the galaxies will collide soon. We must prepare. Hmm. When was this written? Uh, looking over it, you find that this particular journal was written probably over a thousand years ago. Based on some liner notes that are at the beginning of this journal. That is a guess by some researchers of Fair Ames here in the Rift Keepers. The dating system that this book uses, you don't recognize. So, I guess the question is, if this thing is a guardian of something, what is it doing here? Why is it seeking us out? Um, I mean, where does does this travel log say where they were when they encountered this? I, I guess in term like maybe a a continent or a plane of existence would be helpful. Yeah, but, but this like any is kind of detailing a, a an explorer's uh, journeys through the lowest level of a plane called Acheron. Not one of the ones uh, that the wilding was possibly. No. 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 Um, Karan sounds familiar, but I don't know if it's for any like actual reason. I mean, it is Greek myth familiar. Yeah, I think that might be it. Um. I mean, maybe you, maybe oh, you got uh, close great... to something, but also the sorry. Uh, yeah, but that doesn't make sense. I'm sure lots of people go to the same places you went to. I just went to the city square. There was statues of all the main houses. Yeah. The city. There was a lot of people there. I don't know why it singled me out, other than stuff happens to do that to us. <laughs> the old mage also said Acheron um, during the summit. All I have written down is Acheron is another place. 
which isn't super helpful. Um, <laughs> but I would remember what the context was. <laughs> um, it's probably in the introductions. I just don't remember who. No, it wouldn't have been. Um, the old mage mentioned Acheron. Um, I just I have in my summit notes. Um, yeah, just Acheron is another place. Is literally the whole note. Hmm. Uh, because the person who mentioned Acheron would have been Null Nine Lives. Oh. Good. <laughs> yep, indeed. Grawl, thumbs up. Yeah. Traditional hobgoblin greeting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I can also go back and listen to that episode um, if you don't quite recall the context. I mean, the context would have been that uh, specifically what she said was that they're the destiny of both her and Grawl were to eventually join Maglubiet on Acheron. Ah. Oh. <laughs> cool. Uh, I do oh, bring yeah. that up. Just in passing. Maybe. Just walking by, walking by Grawl <laughs> just with a book. Just, like, just, just, just like, oh, hey, Grawl, by the way. What, what, what? <sighs> Lovely. Very cool. Very cool, so... this. So where is that? What is that? Obviously another world? Yeah, I'll probably have to do some research, more, some more like, research. more research into that. If possible. Only if possible. You're in the right place to do it. Yep. Yeah. Is there yeah. is there just Whoa. like a a list of all of the planes that is known by people in the valley somewhere here? Uh, it was in my PowerPoint. The what? are there are there like additional there, like demi planes and getting all the work I did. Sid drew a butt and I got distracted and I'm sorry. To be fair. I did a very good job. <laughs> you... it, like it was a very detailed, but like it was, it was some cross hatching. The shading was impeccable. Mm -hmm. It really captured my eyes. It was very embarrassing for me. Yeah. And... You yeah. would find yes, lots of information about the uh, the planes here if you took the time to research it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'm not sure how much time we have before. Um, By the time you've figured out all of this, because it takes a little while to track down this yeah. particular book, uh, Blizz will come back downstairs saying that he has herded most of his employees out of this place and has closed up shop for the day. It's a little past I... noon. Right. I take it your class has been canceled. Um, well, I mean, I've got nothing better to do today, so... Unless Yay, learning. you want to go on an aberration hunt, which I don't know if I'm necessarily up for. I mean, that also sounds uh, fun, and also... No. 
yeah, <laughs> Tirsu would be super into that, but... <laughs> you would know how to track it? Not me personally, but I'm sure we could find somebody who could. I mean... <laughs> I don't if it doesn't if it truly doesn't obey the normal laws of how thing of you know how magic works here then maybe not up to up, you up to you all Grawl uh, do you want to kill it for real I'm <laughs> I'm a little, little tapped out for the day. Yeah, I'm that's fair. Running low on slots. <laughs> and we are supposed to be lying low, as low as possible. I yeah, guess. yeah. That's I, true. <laughs> a hunt for a weird cloak monster across all of Fair Ames here might not be the best way to uh, lie low. Tears just gives, like, the most heart-sick sigh. Says, yeah, you guys are right. Next time, baby. <laughs> okay, so, uh, rift keeping 101 it is then. And he's kind of just shaking off his, uh, his weariness at the situation, still kind of like glancing around. Um, everyone give me perception checks. Oh, yeah. Perception. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! 21. 10. Um, That's not good at all. 18. 18, 10. Uh, 9. What did you get, Sid? Oh, sorry, 21. 21. Um, Sid, you notice something while everyone's sort of gathering up and uh, squaring away some of the research materials you'd found. Uh, about the Philothus, you notice that Canaeus is nowhere to be seen. Hmm. And he was definitely down here when that thing appeared. Hey, Blizz, did you see Canaeus on your way down? Oh, um, yeah, he's helping himself to the bar. Okay. Uh, <laughs> seems like a weird time, but hey, who am I to judge? Who are you to judge? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hmm. yeah. But yeah, when, when Sid brings up Canaeus, the at least Grawl and Tirza would definitely be aware that. Canaeus was definitely downstairs when that thing appeared. Right. He just didn't help. Well, there was... Oh. That's the point you're making. Right. I mean, that's a point. Okay. Because um... I was going to say, like, we also... We didn't mention this at the beginning, but there was that whole, like, bit where, you know, Cherish was talking to you about dinner with your aunt and Darren Dunn came. Right. But but Canaeus was definitely here. I mean, he was here for that, but he was also definitely here when this thing showed up. Yeah. Correct. 
Maybe we should talk to Just him. information that you have. Blizz kind of moves out into the center of the practice ring and begins flicking a couple of his uh, his wrist a couple of times and clearing some of the practice equipment out of the ring. So it is just a an open semi because the the ring here isn't like sand pit or anything. It is a slightly padded floor. And as he clears it out, you begin to realize that the ring itself is actually a ring of silver laid down on the ground surrounding this padded floor. Nice. Fancy. And Blizz kind of stands, arms behind his gnomish back in the center of this circle, and he says, Okay, gather round, kids. So, Rift Keeping 101. Basics of the basics. I'm sure you know some of this already, so I'll try to keep it brief. Realm Scars are the tears that open up in our reality. Best we can tell, whatever it is the old mage is doing on a regular basis to keep us all, you know, safe, is putting a lot of strain on, well, everything. Basically, there's a bubble surrounding the valley, keeping whatever's out there, out there. But there's more and more pressure on that bubble every decade or so, and little tears start to open up. Up till recently, those tears have been very, very manageable. And a handful of people, myself included, have taking it upon themselves to close those rifts and heal things as best we can. We're the Rift Keepers. Now, sometimes, not always, but sometimes, stuff from those rifts can make it through or start to bleed out. It's never been as bad as it is now, but uh, it stuff like that has occurred. Just on a much smaller scale. Mm-hmm. As Rift Keepers, it's our job to make sure that whatever that stuff is goes back to where it came from or gets dead real quick. I like it. Go on. And he'll turn towards Tirza and say, I think the Jarashir have some kind of organization that's kind of similar. Uh, yes. The Thunderguard. Uh, no. Thunderguard? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Yeah. What? Sorry, yes. my brain is off today. <laughs> uh, yes. Right. Well, we have a little bit of uh, communication between us and the the Thunder Guard. Um, not a ton. The Jarashir tend to do their own thing, stick to their own people. So, um, they, at least some of them, know we exist, but uh, I don't know how much they even really care. They're a little bit more smash than heal. I'm I'm pretty equally the to both of those things, but <laughs> yeah. Uh you don't have to raise your hand, Cherish. Um So if if something were to come out of one of these rifts and then it 
stayed here? I mean, is is the reason that stuff has to go back in or die mostly because it's usually just trying to kill people, or is there some kind of extra planar issues that come with things from other planes staying here? A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Most of the time when extra planar entities are in this realm, they're almost always up to no good, trying to mm -hmm. either drag mortals back to their plane or set some kind of foothold here. Um, right. And if they're a powerful enough being, they can actually warp reality to be more like the plane they're from. Right, and we saw that um, a little bit in Blue Gulch and up north. Or, I mean, mm -hmm. in Eastwood. Eastwood is actually a perfect example. That forest is way bigger than it was when this valley started. And that's mostly because of the Archfey. Mm. Again, not a huge problem, so long as you don't mind a lot of woods. And if they ever decided to start roaming around and setting up shop elsewhere, the Eastwood would get a lot bigger a lot quicker. Hmm. But I assume there's a checks and balance system for that kind of thing. Yeah, it's called the Old Mage. <laughs> right. Um, so, so the column A, uh, is, you know, footholds and beasties and all that stuff, but what was column B? You said there was... Column B was if an extra planar creature is in this plane, it tends to affect the world around them if they're powerful enough. Like I said, the, the Archfey. Oh, okay. Okay. But they have to be exceptionally powerful for that to happen. Right. I mean, uh, take this whole city, for instance. Fair Aemsir isn't from here. It was originally from, well, the, the elves call it the Wilderfane. Most folk call it the, the Feywild. Mm -hmm. Though this city was specifically built to move from place to place, so it has less of a uh, big radial of effect. Now, all that being said, Ferrium's here has been here for a long, long time, so things have sort of settled. That tends to happen too. Hence, Eastwood being about the size it is, and the lake being about how it's going to be. And the mountains to the south being about how they always are. Science. Any questions so far? No. That's all I was wondering about. In, at the moment, anyway. Okay. Well, anyway. What the Rift Keepers do is we use this ritual that we've developed over the course of centuries to close these rifts. And not just close them, but seal them. Basically erase them from existence. If you just close a rift, there's still... Um, it'll turn to Etsuko. Uh, and she'll say, uh, uh, an echo. And he'll go, yes, echo. Um, some kind of lingering resonance in the air. The rift might be not open, it might not even be visible, but 
people with the right talent can still sense it, can still feel it, and maybe, if they have some bad intentions, reopen it. The Riftkeeper way makes that impossible. We erase any remnant of any realm scar. Let me do this through a diagram. And he will snap his fingers and runes will appear on the silver circle around the training area. And they're glowing with this bright, bright yellow light. And you can see that it is that combination of primordial and sylvan that you've seen before. Mm -hmm. Now this is the ritual circle that we use, and then we use what's called a diagram. A, a very long, very big ritual to empower it. Now, you've told me that you've already done something similar, yes? Yes. Yes. A very messy, impromptu version. But you've got one of the old mage's pocket watches, which means you have access to the exact diagram that we draw. Yes? Mm-hmm. We didn't get the watch until after we closed the second one, so... That is oh. true. Huh. I watched Camion do it once. Right. The Arkantol. Hmm. Um. Well, okay. Uh, hmm. You know what? I'm really curious about this. Would you mind doing it again? Whatever it is you all do. Oh, like the whole thing. Yes. Because uh, part of it, we need something from the other side. I don't know if that's normal. Normally, yes, but we do train rift keepers here, so we do have some workarounds. Okay. I mean, you also told us that the way that we're doing, we did it, was super dangerous and life threatening. Maybe don't finish doing it, and we're doing this okay. under controlled circumstances right okay. now. I'm just, not going to try to stop you, so there we go. I just want to make sure I'm not going to die or pass out again. Probably not. All. <laughs> all right. So he will move a little bit away towards the uh, the meeting table, and he'll ask you all to get over into the circle. Okay. Grawl, you go along with this? Yeah. Okay. And he says, okay, so, I'm going to open a portal. But it's a portal to here. Okay. Specifically above the city. So, the whole needing a bit of the other side component, the material components of this ritual, aren't going to be an issue, because it's already a portal to here. Okay. Gotcha. And it probably won't take quite as much... A magical energy because it's just a, a portal here again. To close, I mean. Not necessarily. This particular one, yes, because it's going to be small and it's going to be controlled and I'm not going to be trying to fight you. Right. But if there was, say, a portal that somebody else opened up that 
linked to the other side of the valley, and they were trying to fight you, and they were making a stable portal, then it might be uh, really difficult to close. Okay. I understand. So he will uh, pull out his staff and begin tracing a second circle out of... Uh, well, it looks like sunshine, honestly. A little glowing moat of sun at the top of his staff will kind of trace along the ground, and in these bright glowing runes, he will concoct a small, maybe only like two foot wide circle. And he will begin murmuring, and after about a minute, a small, probably six inch wide hole in the world will appear, just hovering about a foot off the ground. Okay, um, I should and get my rocks out. through that hole, you can see Fair Ames here from above. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what do you do? Uh, yeah, I get out my good, my 12 good rocks. <laughs> um, and I <laughs> draw the diagram, the, 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 the diagram visual version on it. Uh, and I start channeling Lisman, you good? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I start channeling uh, power into it. Um, and how are the rest uh, of you arranging yourselves? Um, I usually stand pretty center of the, the whole thing. Yeah. So I, I will think, do that with my sword drawn. I think how it usually is is Cherish is connected to Sid and Grawl and I are usually we connected have like to either Cherish or, or Sid. Like, yeah, like a hand on the shoulder. Yeah, I mean, the, I think the magic just sort of flows into Sid. I don't think yeah. I've been touching him, per se. But I could be wrong about that. I, I thought you were, but I also don't remember. Um... So this is all happening as you're like trying to like you make down the circle. This and you're is like, a character. I think I'm standing here, and but no, no, no. Grolanteers are back here, and am I touching? I'm usually smoldering over usually, there off the side. Yeah, style, usually like, there's like something scary happening, and we're <laughs> somebody yelled at us. No, yeah. <laughs> um, we need to be I acting under do... pressure. This is not enough pressure. Uh, I. I don't know if maybe the reason I'm remembering it is because I do have to be touching you, Cherish, because part of my thing is lay on hands, so. Mm. Which I will do. Um, And I will put... Sid, where are you positioning yourself? Uh, I think center of the circle. Mm -hmm. And Grawl, where are you at? I'm gonna put a hand on... I, I, I don't know. I'll be near Cherish. I don't have any spell slots to dump into this. Uh, all I have, I think, I remember how we did this was uh, hit, hit dice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think I. It's have a life force. Good. Yeah. Here, just take some of my. Take some of me. <laughs> my essence. Essence de Graal. Are we making the the circle in front of the tear? Yes. Yeah. That's typically, how we have done it. Okay. Off to the side, Etsuko is just kind of watching all of this. She sat down at this point. Judah is sitting on the floor a little ways away, cross-legged and kind of watching this with his hands on his hips, kind of leaning forward, very intent. 
it's like also it's like people are watching us that, like yeah it's one of those paintings that the dude does like upside down and you have no idea what's going on and then he flips <laughs> it upside down and it works perfectly and you're gonna be like oh, it was a okay. face yeah yeah it was a face okay yeah except we're waiting for the big reveal and none of us know what we're doing yeah um okay so we're all in position yep mm -hmm. i need to start swinging my sword randomly and i am going to and i, I don't think cherish cherish doesn't say that say i'm channeling five sorcery points into this if allowed <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but i'm, I'm going to put five sorcery points into which this. equals how many spell slots uh oh that's right uh let's see What is everyone else pouring into this? Uh, one third five. level spell slot. Okay. Um, I, I will. I forgot. Hit die. Yeah. Are you gonna do I... all nine of them? No. Fuck no. <laughs> uh, I'll throw. I'll throw five in. Yeah, I'll do five. Um, I will do, uh, two first level, a second level, and a third level spell slot. And, oh god, I don't have that many points of land hands remaining, so I'll just do the last 15. 15 points of land hands? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hopefully that doesn't cause a fucking hurricane inside of this building. <laughs> that would be very bad. No, nope, the are, valley just floods. We're all dead. It's we fine. are surrounded by fake infinite sky. So that's that is true, but not in the building. <laughs> okay. True. So, Tirza with a hand on Cherish, you funnel that energy towards her, feeling the the spells energy in your lay on hands. This uh, holy flare of light erupting around you slightly. Grawl, you place another hand on Cherish and try to just will your vital essence out of yourself. Yep. <laughs> and Cherish, you take all this in and mount it with your own energy and force it into this circle surrounding Sid. Mm -hmm. And Sid, you pour your own vital essence into this. Mm-hmm. And I need Sid to give me an attack roll. <laughs> I'm gonna laugh Get so it. hard if this doesn't work. Do it. Okay. Oh, my God. oh that's good. Um, that's twenty-two. Twenty-two. Uh, you barely even move your sword. There's just a quick, like, in and out motion, like a flick of the wrist, almost as though you're parrying something, and suddenly the rift is closed. And everyone like, <laughs> and yeah. yeah, Sid, you felt like as though this was so much overkill for what you just did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. We just did I a forgot that you said it's a six inch, uh, like riff. Yeah. It's like a saucer, like riff. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, it. we usually do everything. Yeah. We have. Yeah. And so now you all like, like sag <laughs> as you come away from this. 
and Cherish is like, yeah, I guess that's another problem is we always sort of guess how much power we need, which is probably not a great idea. <laughs> which is why we just put everything in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and everyone's just kind of like sagged, and those of you who spent hit dice are suddenly exhausted. Oh, it was so hot. <laughs> and Etsuko and Judah are staring on in silent amazement, and off to just to the left of the rift, Blizz is going, interesting, interesting. So is there an echo in this one, or is it just gone, like you said? Yeah, and which one have we been doing? He holds yeah. up a hand and, like, waves it through the air where the rift used to be. And he kind of flares his nose as though he's smelling it. And he tastes the air a little bit. And he says, no, no, it's, huh, very curious. No, you've done it, well, not correctly, but you did Wait, it. It's so inefficient and so dangerous. It's gotta be. <laughs> And Judah will say, Ah, I see. Oh, good. Uh, yeah, because we sure shit don't. Care to right, it? yes, exactly as we planned. Uh, um, oh, yes, we uh, all see. <laughs> you were using your key. Or what? And no, that's still in my pocket. No, um, Sid and Grawl, you, your life and essence, your energy, the vital anima. It. Oh, monkey. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Though warriors of my order learn to harness this, it is how I am able to use the sun palm. But you, you simply sacrificed it for raw power. Hmm. Power. Power. <laughs> Lightning bolts at my fingertips. And Blizz will go, oh, so not just arcane, but also life energy. We've never tried doing that. It seems very dangerous. Um, hmm. Okay, so... Yes, no, that is not how anyone of our order, well, except for maybe Angela, I guess, uh, based on what you've said, uh, ever have done this. Normally, what we would do is use the ritual circle that you just concocted, but we would erect it around the rift. So not on rocks. <laughs> if needs be, it could be uh, done in the fashion you did. Um, That's actually... Uh, mobile circle in that fashion um, while unorthodox is very effective, clearly. Yeah, my bracelet told me to do it. <laughs> I'm just cleaning the rocks off with a handkerchief. <laughs> Your forge-bound item, no doubt. Yeah. So that yeah, is sure. A... Yeah. yeah, sure. <laughs> Probably. Why not? <laughs> Who knows? For the, oh sake of, for the sake of simplicity, yes. Do you say that? I'm gonna die. No. <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> I do think the church says yes, like, three times in that kind of, like, yes, yeah, yes, yes. And there's an aggravated sigh from Maz. <laughs> and Blizz will say, 
Fascinating, fascinating. Yes, normally the circles that uh, Rift Keepers lay out do usually have connective lines between the runes, uh, unlike what you just did. Um, it helps solidify it in the mind, hold it there, so people don't have to concentrate so much. But you seem to have a firm grasp on uh, uh, liminal circle abjuration, so that's excellent. Thank you. She has a very keen mind. I do. It's a useful feat. <laughs> Um. <laughs> the DM's bane. Uh, <laughs> but yes, normally a rift keeper would encircle the rift in their diagram. Uh, the team, or perhaps just the one, uh, in the case of uh, Etsuko, there would um, pour their energy into the circle, and that would seal the rift. What you're doing is pooling your diagram around a, a central locus who is then using their martial prowess to seal the rift itself. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, the way that you're saying, talking about, I mean, the way that you guys do it sounds a lot easier. I'm not entirely sure that it is, actually. Oh. You are using a living focus, a... You use a spell focus, yes? Most casters mm -hmm. do. It helps yeah. you shape and mold the spell, but for the most part, they are not intelligent items. Uh, an intelligent item, such as that is your forge bound, yes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. <laughs> well, that gives your spells far more efficacy. Uh, most casters who use um, uh, Tirza, you are a, a paladin of your order. I'm assuming you have some sort of focus. Uh, yes, and she, like, taps the shield on it that's mounted on her back. Any spell user who has a focus, they use that to give their spells shape, and elsewise it would just be random magical energies poured out of your body. It might not do anything, it might do a thousand things. Mm -hmm. You're making Sid into the focus of this spell. Hmm. Hmm. And as such, he has control over where it goes and how the energies are utilized. So in the Sid. moment, he can decide where best to expend energy, making it far more efficient than anything we might conjure up. So you're saying Sid is the material component. <laughs> the real material components were the things we made a lot of <laughs> Now, see, I'm getting a weird full, full Metal Alchemist. Like, Philosopher's no. Stones are people. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Roll credits. Spoilers. I don't, we, don't, yeah, we don't roll don't credits until we fist fight God. Yeah. yeah. This is true. Yeah. Yeah. Mike says, taking a deep sip of pork. Mmm, <laughs> tastes like pork. Mmm. <laughs> So yeah, that is uh, what Blizz says. Okay. The basics being so, that while what they do is maybe a little bit more safe, what you do is maybe more energy efficient. Oh, it just seems like it wouldn't be, though, right? Like, Oh no, you poured way too much into what we just did. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess... again, Sid is a, a focus that can react in the moment. Yeah, I was just about to say the the other thing is is that usually when 
we've been closing rifts. It's been an extreme crisis. Like it has to happen right now, or we're all going is, to die. This is true. And that was perhaps to your benefit, because the time it would learn the time it would take uh, one of our spellcasters to erect a circle and uh, try to contain this thing. They don't have time to react to things trying to kill them necessarily. Storm giant gods or demons. A giant kite. Devils. Giant fight between devils. Devils. Whatever the hell's going on down south. That is demons. <laughs> yes, that is demons. Um, oh, are we going to have to close that? Fascinating. Fascinating. I'm supposed to be staying out of the water. Hey, Cherish, we might all be dead by then. That's true. That'd be nice. Yeah. Most likely you, though. But. Of course, Probably. all of this, your output of energy depends entirely on the size of the rift. The rifts we've been dealing with, that you've been dealing with, are obviously much larger than anything that the rift keepers have dealt with in the past. So your massive expenditure of energy just now, while wasteful in this particular instance, would probably be quite effective against a much larger rift. Yeah, is there some... While we're here trying to figure out how to get into the wilding, is there some formula you and I can develop that I can very quickly calculate based on variables how much energy to put into a circle so that we're not just guessing? Uh, almost certainly. It would require more active testing. Um, larger rifts uh, opened on my part to try to, uh, try to formulate an exact uh, methodology to this, but uh, almost certainly. And Blizz seems really excited by this, the whole concept's happening here. This is some theoretical rift-keeping that he's super jamming to. First of all, you're welcome. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if we could figure out... I don't know if it's based on the diameter of the rift or where the oh, rift Oh, it's going to be several variables. It's, it's going to be a whack yeah. formula, y'all. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> But figuring out the minimum amount of energy we need for a specific type of rift would be so helpful. Yeah. Just would, in case we close it, something and then have to fight. Because... It would be nice to not be completely vulnerable every time we do this. Yeah. yeah. Etsuko begins getting in on the conversation as well as she starts asking. And of course there are questions about how many uh, individuals could uh, contribute power to this diagram. That's true. Fair point, yeah. Does oh, this only work it's, because yeah. the four of them are threadless? Cough, cough. That might not be a, a huge factor. <laughs> and cool floor. Yeah. <laughs> Blizz and Etsuko start talking uh, magical uh, oh, formula. And, yeah, Cherish, Cherish is absolutely also in on that combo. Ooh. So as they break into nerd talk, what are the rest of you doing? <laughs> Just like whoosh over all three of our heads. Um, Get some some caffeinated beverages. I'm wiped. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Question: How long has this taken? Uh, probably thirty minutes all told. By the time you like figured out your positioning and. Now that they're breaking into a longer conversation. Hmm. Yeah, food food would be good. I'd like I would I could use a beverage. I could eat some in real life too. 
Uh, and Blizz is like, yes, of course, um, upstairs, uh, Catelyn should be able to take care of you. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'll go. Also, this has been bothering me the entire time. The entire time, Mike. Why is it not called whack a -Nole? Because Aww. it's Whack-A-Goblin. Okay, okay, okay. Just, uh, I just had to get that off my chest. <laughs> That's You say that, and... Like Blizz Fizz no Nozzle's biggest competitor uses Whack a Knoll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he was going to copyright it, but then the other guy did it first. Fair enough. It's the Hall of Wonders. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a whole thing. Biggest competitor <laughs> is, of course, the uh, <laughs> the Tavern of Enchantment. Um, <laughs> and they have Whack a Knoll. Yeah. It's proprietary technology. So yeah, uh, Sid, Grawl, Tirza, you're going upstairs to find food and beverages? Yeah. yeah. As the nerds devolve into discussions of arcane formula? We'll have Cherish give us the highlights. <laughs> yep. Mm -hmm. We'll ask about those. Yep. <laughs> Cherish, how long do you want to spend down here with the, uh, the, other the math squad? Uh, well, it's only like noon, right? Yeah. Well, let's close, edging in towards one now, but and Sid and I don't have. I guess I should have asked Shadoran if we have to be at the restaurant at seven, or if someone's coming to pick us up at seven. The implications seem to be that the reservation is. at the restaurant is at seven. Okay. Because I don't know where it is. That seems like a you problem. I'm assuming yeah. Shadoran knows where it is. Yeah, but I just called her, and she's probably busy. It's it, this is what she was asked to do. The the, tr <laughs> the true light of Elliot is showing through Cherish in this moment. I don't want to yeah. call her again. I, like, I should have asked all the questions I had to. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I yeah, I'll probably spend like another. Maybe like a couple hours down here because I also want to circle back to um, studying, a, a, trying to research about Akron as well. I guess here's my question. How much time do you want to devote to trying to figure out how what you've been doing works? Because there is like the, the amount of time you spend on this will depend on how much information I give you about this ritual that you've done twice now. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Edging in on... Let's call it four hours. Okay. Math is hard. Math is hard. Uh, but between the three of you, Judah definitely wanders off with the others. Uh, he is com completely out of his depth. But between you, Fizzle Nozzle, and Etsuko, there is a brain trust here that is unlike anything you've experienced in terms of high-minded magical theorem. Even at the tower? The Especially at the tower. <laughs> <laughs> The tower had stuff like this, but it was always uh, reserved for people who had been studying for longer periods of time or people who were teaching at the tower. You were more involved with lower level entry level magic stuff when you were studying there. I did forget that Cherish was like, what, 14? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. I wanted to know. Why? <laughs> Why isn't this 14-year-old in this quantum physics class? <laughs> Bullshit. I could have been if she would have let me. 
But yes, this is the sort of discussion roundtable that you always wanted to have access to at the tower, but were never allowed to because you were still a first-year student or a second-year student. And eventually you learn that the... Apparently there is some... To break it down mechanically, there is some set level of difficulty based on a number of factors in terms of the rifts. Um, and... All of the energy you pour into it lowers the DC of Sid's attack roll to close it. Okay. So say that, and let's just pull a random uh, series of facts out of uh, my behind. If a rift leading to Stygia that had the arm of an archdevil thrust through it was, say, a DC 50. <laughs> <laughs> hypothetically of hypothetically yeah. and you all managed to pour in let's say 26 or 27 uh points of both spell slots and uh what you call it hit dice and mm -hmm. sid then happened to roll a 24 and got it exactly um then he would be able to close it that's just a random <laughs> circumstance that uh yeah. Who that knows? May or may not have happened. You... Oh my god. We should all be dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, like how have we not died? Oh, dead. <laughs> I guess it just comes this down is... to like what equals 24 points of is it one point per hit die? Um so what you learn is that uh the the hit dice that you're spending um essentially work out to a spell slot per hit die. Okay. And the spell slots you're spending are equal to the spell slots, and for every one spell slot that's spent, uh, you lower the DC by one. Okay. And the hit dice is equal to a first level spell slot? Correct. Okay. And since you spent four hours figuring this out, um, you're doing some basic equations of just like, okay, if Tears I can cure a disease or a poison with five points of, like, with the Cherish numerical rating scale. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing I figured all this out. <laughs> Objectively. Mm -hmm. uh, for every five points of Lay on Hands that Tears of Spends is equal to a spell slot. Okay, something like that. And luckily there is a pretty good indicator of how much en energy Tears of can expend before she runs out healing-wise. Mm. So would actually make sense that you can track that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that is how this, uh, ritual that I've had you do twice works. Cool! You're <laughs> so <Great>. fucking lucky <laughs> we are not all dead. Fifty. Fifty! What the fuck? It was a hard, it was a hard one. <laughs> oh, no wonder he added himself to that bounty. Yikes a Rooney. <laughs> Vistas was really trying to hold that one open. Well, too bad he isn't better at it. <laughs> yeah, I guess he should just not suck so much. That's true. <laughs> so, okay, oh, so Cherish is doing um, that for a few hours. Yep. The rest of you head upstairs. Judah is right behind you. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Yeah, Judah. The boys are back in town. 
and Tirza. <laughs> Uh, heading upstairs, you find uh, Canaeus is at the bar. There is a human woman tending the bar. She is uh, middle-aged, brown to auburn hair. She's got these bright green eyes. Um, you've heard her referred to as Catelyn a few times. Right. And Canaeus is sitting at one end of the bar and kind of looking off into the middle distance and sipping at something. Um, uh, does he look like, is this staring off like thousand yard starey or just, he's just hanging out? Um, there's definitely like, before he notices you all approach, there's definitely a sense you get of like, he is, you generally see him jovial. And this is one of the first time you've seen him with like a creased frown on his face. Cool. But as soon as he hears you all approach, he will kind of like straighten up and get a adjust his face to have a smile. Hey, Canaeus, how you doing? Oh, um, uh, fine. Uh, weird thing downstairs. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Is that you seen something like that before? Uh, no. Insight check? Sure. I was just about to say, me too. <laughs> uh, was, I don't think. Uh, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, 16 plus... Uh, 22. And 21 for Tirza. That's very good. Uh, yeah, he's definitely lying. And there's a, uh, an edge of fear in his lie. So, you've never heard of anything like this? Doesn't sound familiar. And you can see him kind of like taking a breath and go, No. Can't say I have. Sorry. Wish I could have helped with the fight, you know, but uh, left my bow upstairs. Had to go, uh, Grab it, and by the time I pop back down, you'd all uh, seem to have taken care of it. And then there was all this talk of portals and stuff, and I was like, "Bah, might as well get a drink." Right. You know, Canaeus, you and I haven't really had a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations, but you can talk to us. Yeah, of course I can. Doing it right now, in fact. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can tell us things that you don't feel comfortable telling other people. We're very trustworthy. We're very, uh, you know, we listen. Active listeners. Mm. <laughs> Just mm. on either shoulder, there's Grawl making mm. like a grumpy face and Tirza doing her best, like, encouraging smile. Well, I uh, didn't kill the thing. I don't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that, Sid. Fair. Really do. And uh, if I need any uh, uh, mild therapy, I'll be sure to keep you in mind. <laughs> See, would... we're all just concerned because nothing should have been able to make its way in here. You know, we're we're hiding out. Um, 
and we want to make sure that nothing can get in again. So if anybody knows anything about what that is or how it could have found us in here, that would be incredibly helpful. Yeah, it definitely would. We should find somebody who knows something about that thing. So you're just going to stick to lying, then? You're not incredibly good at it? He's actually very good at it, and you all just wrote very well. <laughs> he got a 19 on his that. deception check. Oh, shit. Dirza doesn't know that. <laughs> and he's going to say, What? No. But I don't know anything about that thing. It's just when you said that, you kind of look down and to the left, and usually when people do that, they're hiding something. Why is it always to the left? It's always down to the left. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Tirza says you're not a very good liar. You are a good liar, but we're pretty... We, we're I don't know. It's, it's very hard for me to... Or it, it's very easy for me to tell when people are lying. Maybe that's just my own... <laughs> Yeah, it's probably it's paladin a paladin budget. thing. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and Tirza, you know me, also a paladin. I cut to the core. That's all my whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. give you the straight truth. And I'm telling you, I don't know what that thing was. So, if we get attacked by one of those again and say somebody in this room knew something about it and could have done something about it, well, there might be repercussions for that. Keep it in mind. We'll, we'll, oh, we'll do, Sid. We'll do. He wonders why I didn't want to talk to him before. Well, who wants a drink? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, beers all around. Everyone's had a real rough fight, obviously. Grawl, drinks. Right, drinks, yes. Beverages for everyone. Is it hot in here? Um, no. It's okay, it's just me then. It's fine. Are you rage sweating, Grawl? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's angrily sweating. Okay. Uh, is there anything in particular I... the rest of you want to do with the afternoon? I mean, before I'm sure there was, but now I just want to fucking know what's going on with that. Um... Yeah, I don't think so. Okay for you guys. Grawl, Sid? Anything in particular you want to try to accomplish? Uh, I want to talk to uh, was it Catelyn? Mm-hmm. Um, try and get just a, I, I, I've heard that there's a little bit of uh, well, I don't know what the right word is for it, but there's a bit of uh, turmoil uh, between some of the larger houses of the city. Um, so I kind of want to just get a general overview of, of what's sort of going on. Okay. Um, yeah, she would be well-versed enough in that. Um, 
Yeah, and since you're the only people really here, she's more than happy to gab a little bit with you. Um, yeah, Catelyn is a bit of a an interesting figure. She is a human in, in Elvish City, and she's one of the only humans you've seen here, besides Tirza. Right. Um, but you get the sense that she is tapped in at least a little bit to the goings-on. Um, at least where the people who come in and out of the Hall of Wonder is concerned. And what you soon learn is that the Hall of Wonder is actually a rest stop for people who are make their trade adventuring. It doubles as not only a theme restaurant, but part of the theme is that, like, oh yeah, there are real adventurers who stop here and stay here and uh, do a decent trade of uh, semi-magical items. Um, apparently, Fizzle Nozzle is a... Uh, a staunch collector of magical artifacts and uh, artificery. Mm. Um, but before we get super, super into it, I just, I want to, I'm trying to get a gauge. Does she, would she clock on that Sid is potentially related to these families? I guess I just, it's obvious to us because we know already, but... I'm wondering how low profile we should be read that. Um, and by we, I mean Sid. <laughs> give me an insight check real quick. Yeah. Uh, that's 22. Yeah, if she recognizes Sid, she does. she's incredibly adept at not showing it. Okay. <laughs> um, as far as she's concerned, she's just talking to another half-elf who is a companion of Master Fizzle Novel. Cool. Um, yeah, it, like uh, many heads of state, what they actually look like is maybe not, uh, like, you haven't seen any uh, of the Lyodons on any currency or portraits of them around town, so their exact features might not be like crazy well-known. Okay. Right. They're not like me famous. <laughs> Like, the name is the famous part. The actual yes. facial features uh, might okay. be a little bit more obscure. Yes. Um, but uh, give me a persuasion roll, Sid. Let's see how much you learn about the, the local situation here. Sure. That's all right. Uh, 10 plus 11. 21. 21. Okay. Okay. You learn that kind of the, the basics of it are that there is an organization, a ruling council here in Fair Ames here. It is called the Koran Tianol. That is just Elvish for Crescent Council. It consists of a member of House Lyodon, a member of House Sonoran, a member of House... Wen Eel, a member of House Urvalen, or Urvalen, and a member of House Talkanos. And that basically works as the city council. They uh, interpret the laws as laid down by the city's founders. They uh, basically do everything a city council does in terms of government and management of the city. They are not necessarily elected, though. They are 
chosen from among their house. Gotcha. And that can be chosen by the head of the house, or it can be chosen by a majority of the house, depending on their personal inclinations. Right. Lucidian got chosen by the head of the house, if that's if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Uh, and that is part of the root of the issues going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lucidian Lydon was chosen despite the fact that he was the youngest member of his house. It definitely seemed like there were people older than him and who had actually stuck around in the city who were in a better position to take over that position. Uh, but for some reason, the the former uh, head of the house, uh, who is a apparently your grandfather, who was named Lucaeus Lyodon. and when he before he died, he brought Lucidian back to the city and made him the head of the house. When how how long ago was this? That was about twenty years ago, hmm. actually more like eighteen. Right. Eighteen and a half, nineteen, somewhere in there. That's what yeah, Catelyn says. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the the same expression that Tirza was keeping when Cherish was talking about interplanar beings. <laughs> Being staying in the valley for extended periods of time is back on her face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but that being said, it mostly boils down to their current predicament. There is a bit of a debate going on in the the council about what to do about their current predicament. Yeah. There is a strong contingent of individuals from House Talcanus and House. Uh, Urvalen, which are pushing for an un- what's called an unmooring. They want to try to basically shift Fair Aemsir out of this reality so that they can try to escape the bubble that they're in. Uh, whereas House Lydon and House Sonoran uh, are voting for a more practical approach. They want to try to find a way out of this, whether it be through getting aid from the outside or trying to magic their way out through the means they already have available to them. Mm-hmm. And House Weniol has not uh, gone either way, and it's causing a lot of friction. I break up. I bet they're going to a lot of free lunches right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's more that they are they are a house that is known for letting things take their course. They they are decidedly neutral. But it's causing a lot of friction right now because it means the city is in sort of a deadlock. Um, how, how does the city like st- structure 
work? Are these just like established old families that kind of take a council position by virtue of they just always have, or is are most citizens aligned with a certain house? The feeling you get is that, yeah, the vast majority of citizens in some form or another are associated with one of these five houses. Okay, that that makes sense. Uh, there are there's an unofficial sixth house, which is the house of Corellin, which is apparently like a religious order, which people who don't want to belong to any of those houses join up with the clergy. And they serve the pantheon of elvish gods, which Corellin is at the head of. That pantheon is called the Seldarine. Uh, but yeah, in terms of, like, how these houses, they seem to have just accreted all of this power over time. Maybe they were yeah. the, the first and oldest of the five houses that came over into the valley. Maybe they were just the ones who happened to be in charge of this city when it came over. But whatever the reason, over time, they've just become the dominant powerhouses in Fairhams here. Mm-hmm. What do I... Do I get an impression of of how the rest of House Lydon felt, or, or if there's any talking about how the the house felt about Lucidian sort of taking this position of um, leadership, or is that not even something that is discussed outside of the house? Uh, what would Catelyn know? She would know that. There is definitely strong rumors that um, it it might have come to some kind of revolt, if not for the marriage of Lucidian and uh, Livera Sonoran. Mm, gotcha. Mm -hmm. It all makes sense. It all makes sense. Um... Yeah, apparently that marriage sort of cemented Lucidian's position. Damn. Um, but whether or not there was any, like, upheaval in the house, she doesn't really know, per se. Yeah. Um, she just knows that it's common knowledge that he was the youngest member of the house, and the fact that he assumed the mantle of leadership is a uh, a piece of hot gossip that has been floating around like exactly why that happened there's a big rumor mill about it and she can give you three different reasons that people believe that he was chosen um some believe that uh that was uh Lucaeus's way of just spiting his children who were still here um some believe that it was because uh he knew some great secret that he held over his father's head that he blackmailed his way into that position um, some believe that it's because uh, he was the one who wasn't uh, corrupted by the politics of the city. Um, there are some people who believe that uh, it was actually House Sonoran that maneuvered him into that position, and they held some kind of leverage over Lucaeus before he died. And so the marriage of uh, Livera and Lucidian was already arranged prior to all of this. 
These are all opposing theories. Political conspiracy theories. Yeah. Yeah, there's one of the crazier theories that Lucidian died when he left the city originally, and whoever this is isn't the original Lucidian. That's the one the, I believe. Yeah, because <laughs> in the portrait of all the all the uh, house members, Lucidian is facing backwards, which is how you know that he's, <laughs> he's been dead. Yeah, that is ba- the basics of what you learn. Okay. I heard he was a snake person. <laughs> he was replaced by UNT at birth. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and that conversation takes a little while, but, uh, is there anything else the rest of you are doing with your afternoon? Mm. Get some food, you get some drinks. I mean, I feel bad going to, uh, Duskwalker without Cherish, so. Yeah, uh, same. We might have time before you guys' dinner. I don't know how long it, you guys need to get ready for that but lost a digitated and mended sits stuff so I mean I'm gonna be disguising myself anyways so this is true (laughs) Cheris was like no 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 I'm gonna do it anyway I'm gonna do it (laughs) I mean it's fair yeah um y'all nasty equivalent of like the mom like checking someone's clothes before they go and like pushing Here, back their hair get and something like, on your face get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ugh, god mom frick. frick mom so yeah uh if you all just want to hang out um you'll be nice and relaxed by the time cherish is done with her math session uh and you could have all taken a short rest if you wanted oh good hey good guy did and you can spend whatever hit dice you have left. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, uh, after a few hours, probably close to four in the afternoon, maybe a little bit closer to four thirty, uh, Cherish, you've figured out this diagram with the help of your two compatriots, and uh, yeah, it is some of the most intense magical research and studying you've done in a while. Um, you also learn the basics of diagrams while you're at all of this. Apparently, this is something you can do with any spell tag with the ritual tag on it. Ooh. To cast those spells at higher levels. It will increase the casting time uh, by a little bit of an exponential level. Um, but it is definitely something that's possible. But yeah, Cherish, by the time you're finished with all this, you're coming upstairs with the other one, other folks, and you're all just very, like, hungry and thirsty. Cherish is, like, glowing. Like, Literally. I also feel like I've taken a short rest. <laughs> Not that I took any damage or needed one, but... Although, I guess the question is, do I have any spells with the ritual tag? I don't think I do. (laughs) Currently, anyway. 
So, what are you all doing before your dinner date? I, I'll suggest we could go to Duskwalker. Yeah, we should. Could we get a hat of disguise that doesn't ha involve this stupid fucking hat? Didn't we ask if there was another one? And <laughs> You said yes, but it was much ago. more ex expensive. Yeah. Yes, that's true. And also, it was a couple months ago. Like, he might have new stock. Yeah, perhaps he has a cowboy hat now. You should sell him the information that uh, the original Lucidian Ember uh, Lyodon is dead <laughs> for an enough store credit to buy a hat. <laughs> yeah, we were in there. You can confirm. It's backwards. I don't know. Yeah, he's facing the other way. Hmm. So what are y'all doing? Very, a very elaborate, uh, a very elaborate construct. If you turn your head to the side, there's a globe in the corner that's actually a skull, and that's definitive proof. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, Holbein. Um, gonna try to go to Duskwalker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do that in the Hall of Wonder? I mean, we could. Maybe I mean, it is kind of its own little pocket, uh, as Liz said. So yeah, maybe that's not in true. The pocket. We should probably go outside. Too many pockets. Hopefully, we don't have to go too far. Okay. So you head outside the halls of wonder. I am disguised as a Genasi. Do we know that Omatep can get through the bubble? I was just about to say, we we're going to do this, and he's not going to pop up. <laughs> well, I mean, or he's going to be torn in half by, like, temporal displacement. Well, you know. We don't not know that. <laughs> we don't know guy. until we try. Exactly. Uh, also, we might be able to buy things from Omatep that get us past, uh, like, you know. Right, tools. I mean, that's if, the whole point, is, is yeah. seeing if he, yeah. if he has lawless pendants or knows where to get them or other things that can yeah, yeah. that can bypass okay do we have any information we want to sell just before like I mean, information we're okay with selling I mean up to you I guess because most of the information we have right now is about your whole thing? I don't know that... <laughs> Omatep, how, do, how much do you want for this interpersonal drama going on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This soap opera here. Yeah. Oh, my stories! <laughs> <laughs> They've come into the shop just on time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if any of that's going to be worth much but um i'm trying to think if there's anything else we haven't sold him already i don't think we sold him the names of the victims of the heroin uh they know the names of the victims of the heroin Omatep does well i mean they're common knowledge we could try but mm. depends if he gets a newspaper from uh stormhaven or not this yeah. is true yeah and if even if he does know the names, he doesn't know the connection they have 
well to the wild hunt the wild hunt the great hunt the big hunt the 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 big hunt i mean the wild hunt is its own thing Uh, great game yeah but like that's some info that like is not common knowledge quote unquote that's true that could be worth something Mm. maybe yeah i'm just spitballing here yeah i'm throwing heaps of spaghetti at the ceiling so oh, leave... How much do you want for the spitball and the, the spaghetti? You leave the the halls of wonder. You take the gondola across the open sky, mm-hmm. and eventually you pop back out into the the early evening air of Fair Ames. Here, there is a, a a glow that diffuses through the city, so that there there's not street lights here, but there is lights in the streets. If you catch my drift. <laughs> so there is a, a gentle wear light about this place as evening is setting in. It's artificial stormlight in a way. Um, in a slight attempt to be not as noticeable, though again, Cherish is purple. Uh, Tirza is not wearing her full armor. I'll just put it in the bag of holding. Okay. Just the giant voluminous purple cloak. I mean, it's not <laughs> distinctive. <laughs> Just checking. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who tries to... Like, someone's just like, oh, it's a shitty cloak and she likes purple. <laughs> it's fine. Who enacts the, the Duskwalker ritual? <laughs> bag of holding so I'll just mm-hmm. pop out the banana and I can contribute the blood Let's see and who's dropping five gold not me down how much gold I have I know there's one I thing have. about this booklet <laughs> that is not my Let favorite like I don't I, I will also contribute the go. gold <laughs> okay yeah. Tears is like oh, whatever. Right, I have money because I sold my horse. Okay, so you lay down the circle. You've maybe wandered a little bit away from the uh, the Hall of Wonder, kind of down a side branch, if you will. Mm-hmm. There is plenty of nightlife that is cropping up here in Fairhams. Here, you can see that there are. Uh, basically clubs in this city there are like dance halls and music halls that begin opening up around the evening time um, and as you sit down the circle lay out the banana lay out the five gold and you wait as you normally do and eventually there is a Scrabbling from behind you, and you see climbing up from beneath the branch a slightly winded-looking Alexander. Hey! Oh, it did, it did work. work. It's good to see. He glances around like, yeah, what? What? There's some weird stuff going on in the city. We weren't sure if it would work. Shakes his head, moves over to the circle, and starts grabbing the banana and munching it like, what do you even... Please. <laughs> Scoops up the gold into the banana peel, (laughs) twists it up, tucks under one arm, it's like, come on. 
as he just waves and starts knuckling away. Uh, yeah. I'll like kick out the kick around the dust of the chalk or whatever in the circle. Okay. And yeah, there's no dust in this place to do that, so you kind of just smear it across the semi-crystalline branch that you're standing on. Yeah, and I think even Cherish even just sort of shrugs and is like, nah. <laughs> Oh well. And as you move away, you see a small pixie flit down with a, a like small bucket and mop and starts <laughs> oh, It's a living. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, you follow the monkey. And Alexander begins trooping off through the thoroughfares of Fair Ames here. You are caught by the the wondrous sights of the nightlife beginning to spring up here. There are uh, twilight cafes that are coming out and alive. People having coffee on the, the edges and the lips of this place looking down into more city. You hear uh, wondrous hypnotic music coming out of certain taverns. There is a sense of vibrancy that comes to this place at night, and there is a sense that things are going to get more exciting as you get closer and closer to the full moon. There are priests of Corellin that walk the streets, announcing uh, times and locations of moon worship in on the 15th. There are apparently... Uh, not sermons, but gatherings under the full moon that are like mini parties, but also times of worship. And as you follow Alexander, you follow him for a, a pretty long time as you're moving slowly downward, because uh, the Halls of Wonder are up on the eighth level of the city. Ooh. And as you wind your way down and down, uh, there, there's a moment where you reach a, a split in the branch and Alexander stops and kind of looks left and then looks right. And then takes the left-hand path and keeps going. You can keep following and he moves around and keeps following downward and downward. And eventually you start, you hit a, an intersection and he'll stop and kind of juggle the gold and his banana peel and his, the crook of his arm and then shake his head and turn around and say, and go back the way you came and start moving back up. Uh, Alexander, are you, are you, you know where you're going, right? He shoots a look back at you like, what? What? And cause you know, usually we just, you know, hop around the corner and there it is. Boom. And he but, waves know. a hand like that, 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 that. Um, I know where I'm going. Very expressive in the face. It's saying all of these things. Gotta find a building we... that isn't occupied by a pocket dimension. It's probably super problem? hard to find. And he'll wander back up, and you're passing maybe one of the taverns you'd passed before, and he'll glance at it and nod and go around the back of it and, like, towards a, a servant's entrance, and you pass some garbage bins that seem to be just knot holes in the tree um, that have like little bubbling dollops of what look like some kind of acid that they just like drop their refuse into 
that is growing out of this tree. Okay. Interesting. Typical Minecraft lava garbage trash can. It's fine. Looks exactly like Minecraft lava. Come around to the side of this building and with a a triumphant, like, comes around the corner. But then his face droops. And as you catch up to him, you see that it's just the back of this tavern. Have, have, are you okay? He shoots a look at you like, and nods and you go have you two been to fair aims here since this whole temporal bubble thing happened and he'll just stop and stare at you Tirza and then talk a little monkey eyebrow like what that's why we weren't sure the ritual would work because fair aims here is bubbled against the wilding, that stuff that's happening in the Eastwood. And Alexander will glance over at you, Cherish, and both eyebrows will go up in an expression that well, says, okay. what? Yeah. Uh, there's something happening in the Eastwood that's causing people and creatures to go mad, I guess? And Farium Seer is protected against it for now anyway there's some sort of barrier keeping yeah it's why we we're trying to make a visit we were hoping you and omatep could help alexander will just stare between tirza and sid and cherish with a bit of a wild expression and kind of stare into the middle distance clutching the banana peel that's wrapping the gold a little bit tighter and he'll look around. And then suddenly get like a kind of a very worried look on his monkey face. Oh no. Cherish, grab another banana. Yeah. And now as Alexander like, just slowly sits down right on the the tree branch <laughs> you guys are on and just stares down at the ground with a shocked expression on his little monkey face. As you slowly begin to realize that uh, you don't think you'll be getting Duskwalker import and export anytime soon. And no. neither will Alexander. And neither That's will Alexander. So I, I get down on one knee and offer him a banana. And as he like slowly takes the banana and begins unpeeling it without even looking at it, it's like an auto-reflex, and begins munching at it, just still staring into the middle distance with this horrified expression on his face. I think it is there that we're going to take our break. (laughs) I pick him up. What did did we do? And when we return, uh, you will console a distraught little monkey. Uh Uh-oh. Greetings, my friends. No, 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 no. It has to be like, um, greetings, my friend. Greetings, greetings. Greetings, my friends. Yes? Yes, something like, greetings, greetings, my friends. Yes, okay. It's a little bit more. Come on, come on, Omotep. You got it. You got it this time. Greetings, my friends. Yeah, it's uh, it's all right. All right. Well, you, you know. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Well, hmm. do do good thing. Ah, 
Hoppa. Okay. Any second now. Come on. Should I be like, oh, the rods? Yeah, oh, look at this. Yeah? No. Hmm. I'm just like sitting like, yeah. Hmm. Uh, like, yes. Okay. Like that. And then I go, greetings, my friends. <laughs> um, hmm. uh, where are you, Alexander? How long does a monkey freaking need to... Yeesh. Okay. Uh, this is... What is taking him so long? And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had gotten some uh, interesting lessons when it came to rift-keeping. They had tried to confront a lying goat man, and they had summoned a monkey and torn him away from his home. I just On realized... accident. Is the ad for this episode going to be real sad? <laughs> Oh no! Who knows? Just it, it, it's just a, a siren, just like you hear, just like uh, in the distance, just running. <laughs> everyone, everyone, run! I get out of the building. You know, like it's just like sirens. <laughs> we are on Defcon Monkey. Um, yeah, <laughs> Defcon Yellow. Um, is Alexander like catatonic? Like, does he need to be carried back to the Hall of Wonder? Because I'll do that. This is my fault. Uh, he wouldn't mind being carried, but he definitely seems to be able to move under his own power. Though, uh, if you offer to put him down, he will like kind of like oh, kind of clutch up next to you. Oh, oh yeah, no! no I'm, I'm carrying this. Like, Cherish is like, yeah, she's like, this is a hundred percent my fault. <laughs> And so you head back to the, the Hall of Wonders? I guess so. It's up to you. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, heading back, you, with Alexander in tow, you eventually make it back. It's probably close to six by the time you get back there. And when you enter back in, there's a... Uh, a jovial Arbidon nearby. It's like, oh, sweet, you guys got a monkey. He's not our monkey. He's his own person. Arbidon's met Alexander before. Yeah, but he dumb. <laughs> I, I was saying, <laughs> I was saying that before to cherish. Oh, same buddy. <laughs> Arbidon, it's Alexander. Like a duskwalker. Oh, the shop monkey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We messed up a little bit. Like a lot. And basically everyone is upstairs at this point. Uh, Blizz Fizzle Nozzle is off to one side. Uh, he is having a low conversation with Catelyn. And uh, Canaeus really hasn't moved from his place at the bar. Arbidon is uh, kind of off to one side. He was uh, clearly about to start in on some arcade games now that he has the run of this place. Etsuko is over at a table doing some research and reading and Judah is sitting nearby uh, kind of dwelling in his own thoughts. Doing some popcorn. <laughs> so, Arbidon's like, oh cool! 
bye and goes off and <laughs> starts playing a game that involves throwing rings onto bottles one track mine those those games are rigged what whatever it's fine don't tell him that it's fine he's happy for the first time i Oh, I'm pretty sure every time he's well, there, he's pretty maybe... happy. I mean, look at him. Maybe the, the ritual will work both ways, and and Omatep can just summon you back. And Alexander will look at you with an expression that says, "No." I don't know how it works. What if another client outside the bubble tries to to summon Duskwalker? And Alexander's eyes will get a little bit bigger as he, as though he didn't necessarily even think about that until this very moment. You're scaring him. I'm just trying to help. Not doing very good, are you? Mm -mm. Well, what we do know is that our current mission is to get rid of this bubble. So once we do that, then you can go back to Omatap. How's that sound? And Alexander will have leapt off of uh, Cherish at this point and is sitting on a table. Um, Etsuko and Judah have looked up and are kind of glancing at this whole scene. And Alexander will look at you with an expression like... Looks down at his wrist, which does not contain a watch, look back up at you. Yeah, I With mean, a questioning expression. Is, it's it's working gonna... on it take some time we don't know how much time yet but you know we're figuring it out we have and... a lot of leads yeah one yes. of which was tears only it. one <laughs> tears it for, for being for, for being the healer, you're the <laughs> person right now Alexander is just shaking his little head and he has placed the banana peel down the gold kind of spilling out of it a little bit he'll push it aside and just sit with a numb expression on his face shaking his little black and white furry head I'm, I'm sorry and Alexander will just throw his little paws up like it's not helping. Yeah, I think the faster we we just need to focus, the faster we get this done, the faster we get him back. Right. Don't we have some kind of uh, meeting? Yes, we do. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of, um, uh, Mr. Fizzle Nozzle? Blizz from across the bar will look up and go, uh, yeah, what? Um, do you know where the curling horn is? Uh, curling horn. Um, yeah, ritzy place up on the 15th level. Okay. Could you give me, like, paper directions or Oh, um, something? sure. Um, and he will, uh, root around in his workman's vest and, uh, come out with this little wind-up beetle. Uh, and he'll come over to you and hand it to you and say, just uh, say the name of the place, wind it up, and throw it in the air. Oh, thank you. Yeah. 
Um, Outside of the Hall of Wonder, obviously. Right, right. right yeah. Um, how long would it take us to get there, walking? Walking? Um, it will probably take you about two hours. Ooh, okay, we don't have that kind of time. Is there a, uh, I don't know, some kind of transportation service within the city? Uh, yeah, you could probably rent a carpet. I can rent a carpet. Would we literally be calling a lift? <laughs> good, good. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we're renting a carpet. How expensive Fuck is that? Me. Yeah. I don't know uh, we do that. Well, just uh, whistle real loud when you're outside, and uh, you should probably call down a, a carpeteer. Um, apparently, they work like taxis in this city. Um, okay. um, and it depends how far whistle. you're going. I can't whistle because of the teeth. So. It's like, well, you're not going to this dinner. So. I mean, I want to walk. I mean, why can't we go to dinner there? I mean, <laughs> Yes, Grawl, you and I should go to dinner. Jesus. Fuck yes. <laughs> How about this? Don't want to split that party. Grawl, how about this? You wear the head of disguise and look like me. And you can go to my place. Now we're thinking. Now we're thinking. I like it. I like it. <sighs> and a... A carpet ride will cost you one gold per level that you're traveling. Okay, so we just have to... And what level are we on, do we know? Like We're 10? On eight? Oh, eight. Eight. Is that right? Eight. Okay, so... Oh, Joe! So okay, seven so gold. Just be seven yeah. gold. Not too bad. We get a one way. All right. Yes. That is one right. way. True. Well, but, yeah, but... But only the way there is like... total. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, maybe we'll get kidnapped. Who knows? Please don't. Knocking wood. <laughs> so, who is all going to this dinner, and what are you wearing? All right, Cherish. Who was <laughs> specifically? Okay, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you finish eating the food that you just put in your face. Um, Cherish is at the bar eating peanuts. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> who specifically peanuts. was invited to this dinner? Well, see, that's the thing I was kind of trying to allude to earlier. If you're not up to this, then I can totally just pretend I didn't kind of get the the wink wink nudge nudge message that she wanted to be there, but she literally just said, I get a plus one. Okay, so it's got to be one person. It's definitely yes. got to be me. It doesn't uh, yeah. have. She wants no, it no. to be you, but again, I can pretend I didn't understand that. It's fine. Totally I'm, fine. I'm not worried about it. Um, better than just sitting in here waiting. So, um, yeah, it's got to be me. Okay. Do you are... want us to try to get a booth behind you guys? Isn't this kind of like a, a fancy... reservation? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, you have no like... idea. I'm going to make that assumption. We could all go, and then Sid and I be like, yeah, we're meeting uh, Valfi Lyot on here, and then you two are like, hey, can we get a reservation? 
Do you have to go orders? What are you doing? <laughs> What's the plan? Okay. Yeah. Maggie's impatient <laughs> with us. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think you two should just go. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. <laughs> we don't need to piss off any more of uh Sid's family. <laughs> I think that's going to happen no matter have. what. You know, right. yeah. We don't need to stir that pot any more than we do already. I think so it's fine. I think me just being here is already stirring that pot, but sure. We might have a too many cooks situation. So. <laughs> so, yep. It's just Sid and Cherish going to this dinner. Yeah, it sounds like I mean, it. Sounds like it. Unless you want us to try to come along. I feel like that's up to you if you want us to come along. Grawl expresses that. Yeah. How about the two of you be within range of our stones of far speech? What is it, 500 feet? Or, yeah. or you can do whatever you want. I don't care. I mean, we could be invisible, too. I mean... We got the master of stealth over here pointing at Tirza in her, her armor. I'm actually not wearing my armor right now, so I'm very stealthy. We got the master of stealth over here without her armor on. <laughs> and I'm an idiot who can't ignore a comeback, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, we could be outside. We could be waiting outside. We could find, yeah. I'm sure we can find some popcorn in this place. No, we can't. Our garbage is. <laughs> this place is specifically designed no. to not have trash corn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike, what have you done to my character? <laughs> I'm sure you guys could find a bistro nearby or something. Let's yeah. just go. Let's okay. just yeah. go. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Night Let's out. Okay. Is okay, so. Question: Are these cat? Are these sorry? Carpets, not cabs. Is that seven per person? Is it like Lyft, where you have to pay extra if there's more than one passenger? You don't know. Do they have large area rugs that take more people? Based on what you saw around the city uh, while you were walking, yes. Cool. All right. I love the idea of like a school bus sized one just flying through town with children. Double decker rug. Yeah. How's that work, Mike? Weird. magic probably a bad way no 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 it's flat like this and it's flat and then the end of it it's super duper long it rolls back up over the curves yeah it's like a a table runner but a rug yeah Uh, anyway i like this world that you built very fun (laughs) very silly it's great (laughs) um yeah cherish and sid you should go and then, yeah, we'll just, we'll be available and Brawl and I can poke around and hopefully not run into that thing again. Yeah, I mean, Alexander can come with if he wants. I don't know how well yeah. he feels like hanging out like, here. You can hold yourself up in one of our rooms. I, there's food here. I, if you want to just stay in the hall under... Alexander will kind of look around this place and shrug. Arbidon's a lot of fun. I think he would kind of perk you up. Glance over at the 
Minotaur who's giggling to himself as he uh, is playing on a machine where uh, there's this little light that spins around this wheel and when you slap a button the light stops on a a certain number and it produces oh. that number of tickets. Mystical. Who knows how what is it works. Arbidon's intelligence? I know this is a, a meta question, but what is Arbidon's intelligence score? Six. Six. Okay. <gasps> what a good boy! Okay. I was just curious. But like a good six. Like it's a good six. <laughs> it's a solid six. It's a solid, yeah. it's a solid six. Oh man. Love it. Yeah. Okay. He's got a childlike wonder about him. <laughs> Yes, that's what and I love it. Appreciate about Urban It's really um, all all he needs. <laughs> okay, so are we doing this thing? Are we going? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's go, Alexander. If anything, just please stay in the Hall of Wonder. He'll squint his eyes at you and raise an eyebrow. I I mean I don't know I. I would feel bad if we lost track of you, it, having been the ones who are responsible for this. You've never seen a monkey sneer before, but this one does, and it's a little upsetting. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, we we know he's more than than just a monkey. I think he'll Maybe. probably be fine. Do we know he's more than just a monkey? Or yeah, we're all the only one who knows that. God Which damn it! Is the ever question, <laughs> the ever question, an evergreen tweet. If I ever saw one. Hey y'all, I haven't told you about Alexander. That's fuck. Fine. <laughs> Not going to either. Okay. Yeah. Like we know he's an intelligent. Right, like I'm, I'm not, I'm talking to him as if he understands me, right? Like, For all intents and purposes, yeah, yeah. most folk believe that he is an awakened monkey. Yeah. Just a very, very intelligent, uh, for all intents and purposes, sentient uh, monkey. Yeah. So yeah, Alexander is going to stay here. The rest of you uh, dress in your street clothes, in your armor. I'll just wear street clothes. I'm wearing my normal clothes. I mean, it's just... I've got a like a breastplate kind of thing. So sure, my half plate. Mm -hmm. Sid, you've got yeah. your glamoured armor on. Yeah, but I think I'm gonna make myself look different than myself. So, okay, you're looking like uh, Cesario again. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be the least. Uh, uh sort of. Yeah, I think that'll be the best option at this point. Okay. And Jerish is yeah, changed out of her like traveling clothes into a semi business casual <laughs> dress. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something with shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah. It's the summit dress. Okay. Um alright. And you all split a carpet up to the fifteenth level? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, you discover that the, the carpet's expenses, uh, once you get past two people on a carpet, do in fact double. 
Uh, so it'll be twenty. It'll be fourteen gold for the four of you to travel together. Who's gonna? <laughs> As you awkwardly stand around, like <laughs> he's just who's like, gonna? I start just like uh, pat my pat my pockets. Well, okay. So it's you guys are getting free dinner. It's, it's fourteen up and fourteen down. Then it's seven each. Yeah, I know. I I know. I'm getting to that. Uh, So two people pay for up and two people pay for down. I guess that seems fair. Fine. Seven gold from each of you. Yeah. Yeah. With the assumption that you'll take a carpet ride back down. Yes. If we don't, then yeah, it'll only be three and a half. God, I miss Calcum's gold. I miss Calkin, so <laughs> works out. <laughs> but we can't right, all get right. what we want. So you head up to the fifteenth level. As you ascend, you see that the area that you're in becomes nicer and nicer. The crystal work becomes more faceted and more ornate as you move upwards. You see that moving through where the the veins of earth and wood that moves through the the crystalline trees themselves begin to swirl in strange patterns and after a while you see that they resolve into the runic symbols of sylvan and primordial that you're familiar with Hmm. this strange blended language which i don't know if i've ever quite described just how strange it is to see because it's not that you have like one character of one language then another character of another language it's like whatever the root of those two languages is that was produced those two languages that's what this is it's esperanto (laughs) sure it's esperanto (laughs) uh it's more like cuneiform to like everything Mm. um But yeah, I guess Esperanto is actually the opposite of what yeah, you just yeah. said. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it becomes clear that like, if there was an Ur language, something that was like the the first primal language, this was its written form. And at some point, Sylvan and Primordial split from this language in some way. Um, but as you get up onto the 15th level, you see that there is a latticework of fine, thin causeways that is no more than two people wide that have, uh, a fine sets of silver railings growing up out of the crystalline branches. It's these little, like, thin spars of silver that grow up from the edges of these pathways and then grow outwards into handrails. It's seamless. And as you are deposited in front of a location called the Curling Horn, it appears to be a bistro or restaurant of some kind. Oh, damn, we didn't even need that little bug. Yeah, if you just asked the, uh... <laughs> the carpet where to go they would they know where to go apparently oh, i'll get us both back to blizz later uh there is clearly two stories to this place 
an upstairs that is carved literally out of the tree as though like a, a well of the tree has been etched out to reveal a patio upstairs and a downstairs that is more of a an internal restaurant. Uh, I'm assuming Sid and Cherish go inside? Yep. yep. Approach the host or hostess, the host stand, I suppose. And yeah, you can see that there's a brisk movement of other flying apparatus and uh, folks going to and from this restaurant, people being dropped off for the most part, a couple of people being picked up by either flying carpets or uh, other magical fare. You see even more than a few people uh, just leaving this place and then just dropping off the edge of the tree, but then something grabs them, you're assuming a fly spell of some kind, and they just zoom off to other parts of the city. It seems as though being able to cast fly on yourself is a very common thing in this city. Mm-hmm. Um, as you enter, you are immediately struck by the dissonance, yet again, of the interior of a location and the exterior. Whereas the outside is that that crystalline, strange, grown quality. The inside is clearly a, a fixtured place with fine, polished wooden floors, a, a rich wall that is painted with a kind of lightish, mossy green, exposed beams on the ceiling. Uh, there is a, a, an earthen quality to this place. And the... Uh, the front of house is this little stand slash desk, and there are a couple of people moving to and from it, and there is one person who is clearly held up position, and they've got this massive book in front of them, and they are checking people in. It is a, a high elf wearing a uh, a fine suit that with a high-colored neck. Well. And they will kind of, like, glance up look at you, too, and say, uh, reservations, I'm assuming. Yes, we're meeting, uh, Valthir Lyodon. Ah, yes, of course, uh, Mistress Lyodon's guests. So right this way, I will take you to their table personally. Thank you. And they leave the desk and lead you away into the curling horn. Meanwhile, outside, Grawl, Tirza, what are you doing once you're dropped off here and are standing awkwardly outside? Let's see what kind of trouble we can get to in this ritzy-ass neighborhood. <laughs> Wait, really? You really want to go, like, mess with things? You... Are, you... are you lawful good, or are you... <laughs> what are you? Who are you? <laughs> what even are you? Yeah. Uh... Uh, no, I mean, I was I was mostly k kidding. I don't think we should, like, go rob a house or anything, but we have to do something while they're eating dinner. I mean, we could literally just walk around. This place is pretty crazy. That's true. Yeah. Mike could say more pretty things to us. I don't know who Mike is, but sure. Yeah. Pray, pray to That's the, not your pray patron. His Just, name is Mott. I don't, but I don't Mike, understand. Mott, the same thing. Their voices are very similar. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, unless you want to go get food, we can go do that too. I mean, 
we could always just turn invisible too and spy on them. But I'm not suggesting that. I'm not suggesting What about that. privacy? Because yeah. you were all mad that I... Right. No, yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. I don't actually want to do that. Okay. Then yeah, let's could walk around. I was joking? Yeah, it was a No, it's hard joke. to. We You're... Your face just doesn't change when you uh, say things. Why would my... I don't need to change my face. Anyway, so I'm, anyway. I'm going to walking. <laughs> okay, so the two of you are going to go for a stroll. It's like Grawl and Tirza simultaneously realize that they... The last time they hung out one-on-one, -on -one, Tirza tried to kill him. <laughs> ah, good. Which time was that? I don't remember. The, the last time I can the think second of second the... trial. Oh, no, I was thinking of the bleeding from the face bit. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Sid, Cherish, you are led through a very fine restaurant that is clearly populated by Elvish High Society. It is fancy casual, though. It's not some kind of really uh, fancy night on the town. This is still a pretty basic uh, bistro slash... Uh, it's clearly a wine establishment of some kind. Um, that seems to be a... A very big focus here. Uh, there are carts that you will see being trundled past with these cracked open uh, cases that are displaying like racks of wine bottles that seem to be a selection that they wheel to the table and people pick out. You can see yeah. that on certain tables people are doing like flights of wine. Mm-hmm. Mm. As you're moving, you also see that this place specializes in, like, very fine sideboards of meats and cheeses, and that seems to be the, the primary food available here. There you'll see some of that divided into very fancy-looking sandwiches and... Charcuterie? Uh, yeah. You How are led... this place? Uh, very busy. You are led upstairs, though. Uh, where there is almost nobody. The rope you pass on the way up that is, like, dangled and hooked in front of the stairs has a sign on it written in Elvish that says, Closed for Private Function. Because when I say almost nobody, there is a single person up here mm. sitting at a table. And we totally could have gone whatever she is being <laughs> tended to by a server with a a large wheeled rack of wines that is displaying at least 20 bottles and this female high elf you can see she has uh, pronounced ears a head that is uh, shaved down to the stubble she has almost no hair uh, she has piercings that go up her ears on the left side and just one big hoop on the right side. I'm and <laughs> she is wearing a very basic looking dress that looks as though it's made of some kind of like thicker, sturdy material. Uh, it's mm. clearly for function, not form. 
and she's wearing these thick, thick leather gloves that are actually a little out of place in this setting. Uh, but one of those leather gloves is kind of like cupping her chin, and the other one, she will point at four bottles of wine. And she'll say, that one, that one, and that one, and that one. And the server will say, oh, very good. And bring those four bottles out and start uh, pouring small little selections of them. Mm-hmm. And the Mater D will lead you two up and announce your coming and say, Your guests, Mistress Lydon. And this high elven woman will look up. You see her familiar golden eyes track between Cherish and over to the Janasi man standing next to you. There will be a look of slight confusion in her face, and then she will smile graciously and say, Very good, very good. Um, Please, please, come, sit. Thank you. Uh, this is my one of my companions, Cesario. Uh, he was the only one available tonight, so I figured if I had a plus one, I might as well bring somebody. I see. Very good. Um, right. Uh, please uh, leave the wine. Um, come back in 15 minutes. We'll decide for uh, food, I think. And the Mater D will say, very good. And him and the other server will bustle off, leaving the four bottles of wine. You can see there's a basket on the table that already contains, like, big sliced loaves of bread. And as you sit down, you can feel that they're still warm. Feel the warmth coming off of them. I kind of give... Say it as Cesario, kind of like a brief sidelong glance, like. And the high elf will say, uh, Introductions, of course. Uh, I am Leave Alfir Lyodon. It's a pleasure to meet you, I'm sure. Uh, it's not very often we get uh, new arrivals in the city these days. Yes, uh, that was my understanding as well. We, uh... and she's in on, on the stuff. That's what Suwarin said. You were given to believe that, but yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, we came to the city with, uh, Darren Dunn. And she will let out a guffawing, very undainty laugh of like, <laughs> uh, that's actually a little, like, upsetting her laugh um as though like something's kind of caught in the back of her throat and she's trying to dislodge it with this sound um and she'll say oh so that old worm is still getting around then yep well it's good to hear he's still good for something wow I, man, no one likes him, huh? 
No, no Cherish what? says that. Cherish says that. Well, he certainly got us here. That is something. Look, you spend 500 years laying about and drinking yourself to death and uh, see what kind of reputation you get. Look, I'm not arguing with you. Believe me. But, like, wow. It's just, like, usually people try to, like, pretend that they don't hate somebody. It's just weird to see everybody being like, oh, yeah, fuck Darian Dunn. Uh, you spend more time with her aim, so you'll find that that would probably be the case with most folk, but I think Derendon's reputation has firmly solidified to the point where most folk are willing to admit just how much of a a scoundrel he can be. But yeah, I, yeah, 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 we're not here to talk about old right. drunk dragons, I think. I would rather not. I've Please. done a lot of talking about old drunk dragons. Put <laughs> yourself to it. the wine. Mm, don't mind yeah. if I do. And I pour myself a glass. Yeah. Okay. I'll do the same. And she will pour herself a glass as well. Um, you can see that all this wine is at least 300 years old. Shit. That's nothing. For elves, good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, most of it is apparently set down by House Sonoran. And it bears their seal. It, yeah, I was going to say it has their stuff on it. Um, wow, they got fingers in a lot of pies. Uh, magic, winemaking, politics. You find that most of the high houses have many pies and many fingers to place in those pies. So to speak. Um, Sometimes literally. So, uh, I, I guess we should just get to it then. You wanted to meet with us. I, I mean, I wanted to meet with her. Yes, I was given to understand there was some sort of alchemical conundrum that you had found yourselves in, and I was given to understand that you also traveled in the company of well, not to put too fine a point on it, but my brother's Van Thayen. Um, I have we have been traveling for quite a while, yes. Uh, I've known known him for some time. <laughs> Continuing to, like, frantically side-eye <laughs> Sid. How and as you does... do, she will glance over at the disguised Sid, mm -hmm. clearly picking up on these side-eyes. Oh, right. I forgot something. And I remove the hat. Yeah, see, I kind of figured that this would happen so at some point, which is why I was waiting for what it. What was the point? <laughs> drama. Brawl. Always. Oh, I know about drama. I did the same thing, but at the fucking goddammit. <laughs> Beat that. <laughs> and her eyes will go a little wide as you reveal yourself, Sid. And she 
rocks back in her chair a little bit, clearly taken aback by your appearance. Pardon the subterfuge, but I was led to believe that I should hide my appearance while in the city. Could cause some unnecessary trouble for House Lyodon, is that correct? I am... Hmm. You are clearly his son, then. There's no denying that. Hmm. Well, I don't know about trouble, personally. Uh, honestly, I try to stay out of house politics these days. Not really... Well, my time for that has passed. My father saw to that. But, your presence here is both a complication and a clarification, I think. Is she... When, when she said father saw to that, was there a bit of... Was there bitterness behind that expression? Or was it more matter-of-fact, I guess? It's a bit more matter-of-fact. Okay. okay. Um, complication I get, and I'm well, maybe clarification too, never mind. Hmm. Well, I suppose... Hmm. We have not been formally introduced, then. I am Livalfir Lyodon, and you are? Sid. Sid Emberlite. Half-elf rogue. Half-elf hero. The Champion of the people. Champion of the people. Yeah. Storm here. There's a play bump. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting last name. Mm. And first name, for that matter. So I've, so I've found out. I, what is your intention in this city? Me specifically or us? You specifically. Well, I am here with the rest of the Threadless and some of the... I'm sorry, Threadless? No. You're not... Okay. We we are we have been sent here to fix the wilding problem. To put a fine point on a very complicated problem, I'm sure. And that is the only reason you are here as well. Sorry, Mike, can you say that one more time? And that is the only reason you are here as well? It is the main reason. I have a few questions as well. Undoubtedly. So you have no aims at usurpation then? Here? Well, I'm sorry, but you come into city under disguise, bearing the name, albeit a slight bastardization of our house, having never 
come here before, bearing your father's likeness, clearly, and claiming to be his eldest child, there are certain interesting facets that one might read into this scenario. Sid has control over all of those things. <laughs> Which is probably why I have been told to keep my identity hidden. I have no interest in city politics. Uh, I am from Stormhaven. I am a child of Stormhaven. And I plan on returning to Stormhaven after I have fixed whatever is going on in the city. Hmm. Does that help? As I said, clarification. Well, if there is anything I can do to help you and speed you on your way, I will do everything in my power to do that. Actually, there is, um, and yes. that is part of the reason why we wanted to meet with you. Cherish, would you mind um, sort of going into the details I am not, not at all. familiar with? I would love, I would love nothing more than to hop off of this particular conversation track. You might want to put the hat back on before the waiter comes back, too. Ooh, good call. <laughs> Do you go back to looking like Cesario? Okay. Um, can we call this look Sid Zario? Sid Zario? Sid Zario. Yeah. Yes, we can. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I just need and to we do. unmute myself <laughs> for that. It's Sid Zario with a bucket hand on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you would never be caught dead wearing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time you put it on, he like has a small heart attack and he's <sighs> like, there's uh, something wrong. <laughs> there's a the disturbance. There's something <laughs> wrong. Somewhere I'm not looking as good as I should be. <laughs> um, okay. I... Suwarin told me, and frankly from walking through your, your what I assume to be your portion of the house, um, that you're a very accomplished alchemist. I should say so. What do you know about Black Mithril? I hmm. I know that Mithril is a very fascinating resource. It can be used to imbue many magical facets into a reagent that can be then used in all sorts of crafting and alchemical processes. Black Mithril, specifically, is a little bit of a untoward reagent. It is frowned upon, for the most part. Anything that has come in contact with black mithril is a tendency towards the aberrant. Hmm. That's hmm. Why? Cherish, Cherish, do you have... I do. We're looking into... Finding a way to enter the wilding to investigate the source without being taken by it. And we have 
the means to do that for one person and we are trying to replicate it. It is no doubt going to be complicated if it can even be accomplished. And I'll kind of hold out, like, like hold the, the, the necklace portion of the pendant and, like, show it to her. She will glance at it and she will hold out a gloved hand and say, yeah. may I? Mm. She will take it in her big thick leather glove, stare down at it, and you see with her other hand she will reach up and touch one of the earrings at on her left ear and it will start to glow slightly. Fuck yeah. And her eyes will flash and she will say, hmm, intriguing, upsetting, but intriguing. Somehow, the natural laws slide off this device, and any who would wear it, hmm, that does not the protection from the wilding. Yes. yes, 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 yes. This would this would work. Where did you come about an item such as this? Um, in a place where we probably we are not going to be able to access again. No. So No. Probably not. The chances are very, very slim. Interesting, interesting. And you're hoping to replicate this particular item? Yeah. Difficult indeed. It's, you're not wrong. It's the most promising lead we have at the moment. Yes, yes. It could be done. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it would be very, very difficult. Well, that's better than impossible. Several factors, of course. Uh, a stable source of mithril, of course, would be our first uh, thing to consider. Easy enough to come by. There are several uh, mithril dealers within the city that we could probably... Uh, reconnoiter with. The real problem would be uh, further imbuing that mithril with the essence of the Far Realm. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, after that, there is, of course, the laying of enchantments upon this metal. That would be very difficult, very difficult indeed. I I do have... Well, I don't have a standing appointment, but I'm working on making an appointment with, uh, with Anai and Sonoran. <laughs> just to talk about enchantments and abjuration to put on it, if well, that's possible. I suppose if you were to talk to anyone, Anaean would be a viable choice. I suppose that was a recommendation of Oren. Yes. Of course it was. Though it is, it is my understanding that Anaean, Anaean, and oh my god, I cannot say that. Anaean. An Aen is unaware of the scope of the problem, so to speak, which might make communicating what we need difficult. 
And Ian is, is an accomplished wizard. This is true. This is true. But his expertise is mostly focused towards the wards, keeping the city safe at the moment. Is there somebody else you recommend? Give me a persuasion check. Um, can I assist and give him advantage? Yeah, sure. Pretty sure your persuasion is higher than mine. Could be. Persuasive. Yeah, mine's only plus seven. That's a natural 20. Ooh! <laughs> Very well, a 16 and a 20. It's weird dealing with your nephew for the first time. Throws you Ooh. off. Yeah. And she will lean back after placing the amulet back down and sort of scooching it back towards you. Yeah, I'll put it back on my back. She will cup her chin in her thickly gloved hand again and stare down at the table as though in contemplation and look back up at you and say, Perhaps, perhaps... There, there are individuals within the city who have more imaginative uses of abjuration magic, let us say. These individuals may or may not be pliable to our cause for the right amount of coin, I am sure they would be more than happy to aid us, but beyond that, their mm, knowledge of the situation might be just as limited as Anaeans. Hmm. Perhaps a contract? If enough money is exchanged, they don't need to ask, they just need to work? That is their general principle about these sorts of things. Yes, yes. Hmm. And uh, who are these individuals? The one that I have in mind specifically is a bit of a, a mercenary, you might say. Goes by the name Ir Alre. They are, well, not to put too fine a point on it, they are part of an organization that, uh, if you were to ask an official of Fair Ames here, such as myself, would thoroughly refuse to admit they exist. Underground. Under the radar. Now, the radar. we individuals of the Mexarium have our uses for these individuals from time to time there are of course reagents and hmm, ingredients in alchemy that some might consider to be uh, untoward
Probably. But nonetheless, these contacts do exist. I am not saying that they are personal friends of mine or anything, but we could perhaps negotiate something. I think that sounds good. But be warned, one does not enter into a contract with the TAG without being very sure of what you want out of the deal. I'm assuming, Mike, that the TAG, that doesn't sound familiar to me. Uh, actually, give me a history roll with advantage. Advantage? Yeah. Minus one. I can tell you what it is. It's the talented and gifted. It's a it's a program for young children. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that. that is a five. With advantage? Oh, boy. Yeah. So, it's the, you know it's the criminal underground of Fair Ames here. Beyond that, you don't know anything. But they have dealings within the underworld of Stormhaven. Okay. You don't know anything about them, but you know that it exists. I have heard them mentioned. Yes. Hmm. Well, I suppose then the biggest problem is that we are not very gold rich at the moment, so we may have to rely on an iron anyway. That being said, again, all of this is moot if we do not find some way of imbuing the mithril with the uh, pr proper energies. Some conduit of aberrant power is not exactly something one finds lying around. It is that or find some other source of already existing black mithril. Cut to Grawl and Tirza. Yep. Mm -hmm. Grawl, is your greatsword on your back? Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's what I Just was asking. thinking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No reason. Yeah. You're yeah, muted, Brody. You're muted, there, like, yeah. Hmm. It's like, well, what do you think my summer. sword's made out of? What <laughs> do you think it's made out of? I think it's made out of... I don't know. I don't know, but it sure does have an aberration in it. <laughs> <laughs> it is an aberration. That's <laughs> why I don't fucking know. That's how the Hexblade thing's written, that the sword is the thing, but Mike might do some fuckery stuff with it. I don't know. Anyways, uh, we're walking, I guess. Mm -hmm. We're walking. We're talking. I I assumed that the what is my sword made out of was just Grawl musing to himself. <laughs> he's in the, he's she's just kind of like like gnawing on it. Nope, can't bend it. Oh, can't do that at all. Nope. Why? Real tough. Oh. One of you, please give me a survival check as we make a, a wandering roll. Oh, oh boy. Um. 
Uh, I'll do it. I got this. I got this. Where's my survival? 19. 19. Okay. Oh. Yeah. As you're moving about, you... Let's see. Check my wandering chart. Yeah. Um, you eventually find your way under the eaves of a building that looks like a a crystalline beehive of some kind. And as you're watching, you see hundreds of pixies coming to and fro from these little holes in this hive that riddle the size of this bulging crystalline edifice under one of the thoroughfares above you. How common are pixies within the valley? Not like, common like a, at all. At all? Like I like any of us have seen them before? If you've spent time in and around the Eastwood, you might have caught a glimpse of them. Mm -hmm. Tears has probably seen pixies before, but Grawl, yes, probably not. Though they are all over the place in Fairhams here. My god. Large bees. <laughs> the... Careful. <laughs> pixies. That bees, does rhyme I... with large bees. Large bees, pixies, same thing. I just call them something weird here. And you see that all of these pixies, the, the ones that are coming back, are all carrying stuff. Uh, at first glance, it just looks like garbage. And it looks like garbage at second glance as well. And then you're pretty sure, yeah, these pixies are just bringing back a bunch of garbage to this place. Huh. And, like, you'll see one with, like, a torn, ragged cloth. Maybe it's the remnants of a shirt. And they'll drag it up to one of the holes and just start shoving it in. And eventually, despite how big anything they bring back, it will eventually get shoved into some of these holes and into this big, bulging hive. So, like, 600 oh pixies come with a couch and they're just jamming it into a tiny hole. Like, that kind of thing? Or is it all just little tiny, tiny things? Uh, at some point you do see several pixies under the weight of an ottoman, and as they get it close, they begin tearing it apart like piranhas and pulling the individual pieces off and into the holes. It... Is this, like, an establishment? Like, there's signage or anything like that? Or is this just, like... Nothing that you can see. And again, just... it's, it's probably, like, 25, 30 feet above you, uh, hanging beneath a thoroughfare. Uh, yeah, is there, there anyone else out? I, I was just about to say, there's got to be people that we can be like, why is this why happening? Is this? Uh, you you want to stop somebody who's walking past you on the path? Yes! Uh, yes, excuse me, good sir. I like, okay. I like that we're not supposed to be revealing that we are not from here and are not <laughs> tourists, and we're just going to do it anyway. And yeah, you see a, a very sweaty-looking individual... Uh, slightly. Reed Morris. It's Reed. Skin. It's got very sweaty in real life. Fine, <laughs> slick hair, and they're clearly a water genasi. The the first appearance of sweat was more just like there are these pearlescent beads of water all over their body and face that are more like uh, beauty marks and freckles than actual beads of sweat. Huh. They glisten. They shine. What? Oh, damn. What did you say, girl? Do, do you want to talk to them? I, I want to know what that is. Uh, excuse me. Uh, no, I me. mean, like, 
yeah, like I don't have the best like, hey, you talk to me kind of thing. That's uh, uh, that is that's true. <laughs> Can I help you? Um, yes. What is that? They will glance up and oh, as though like they didn't even notice it. Um, yeah, oh God, it's like it's like going that? to a city and being like, "What is that?" And it's like a pigeon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> rat bird. Uh, they will say, "Oh, that is uh, pixie nest." Yes, what? are you from yes. the lower levels then? Uh, I yeah we yeah yes. <laughs> oh, we're we've uh, come upon some uh uh new money and we're having a night on the town the world. yeah yes. mm-hmm. of course of course this fine night would be doing that uh, i've heard that the lower levels do not have as big of pixie nests so this is maybe no. not so strange yes. right uh, and the garbage that is how they are paid yes Right. I mean, of course. I just thought like, the pixies help clean the city, something. and they can keep whatever they find. Right. Uh, yes. Just, oh, I okay. Someone yeah. dropped something on, like, on accident, and it just swooped in and took it. I just wanted to make sure it was actually garbage. Well, they, of course, are uh, under the sacred laws of finders keepers <laughs> and losers weepers. Yeah, of course, of course. Yes. No, the losers know exactly where the stuff has gone. I, I was kidding. I was kidding. I'm not very good at the jokes. Uh, I was I was just just telling him that. She was just telling me how bad I am at the jokes. <laughs> okay. Well <laughs> just thoroughly weirding out everyone mm-hmm, we come just across. Slowly edging <laughs> a, <Poor> away. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, have a have a terrific evening. Walks away Pleasure. muttering something about bottom folk. Literally, huh. uh, you'll be the first. You'll be the first in the guillotine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we don't need a guillotine. Vive Sorry. la revolution! Robes was right. Um. <laughs> uh, huh? Yeah, this place I is fucking I, weird. I, this yeah, I I don't weird. say fucking. Because Tears doesn't say fucking, but Olivia says fucking. This place is very strange. I mean, it's very clean. It's a very clean place. Maybe yeah, you wonder and what I... the bottom's like. What? Well, I... I assume there's pixies down there too. He's said they said there was right, but I mean, I probably less pixies. Yeah. I don't know. Adventure I... for a different day. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the restaurant, let's go, we- let's go weird out some people down there too. <laughs> yeah, cannibal. <laughs> so you're saying that if we were to somehow possess Black Mithril, then we could go to this uh, individual you've named and possibly enchant. Our, our uh, some black mithril with abjuration magic is that is that the gist of what you're telling us? I'm sure they could probably get it done. Yes, uh, of course we would also require some sort of uh, 
artificer of some kind to craft this mithril into uh, individual trinkets for your uh, personal wearing. Uh, something akin to that uh, pendant you have there. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we're gonna get that one little dude who is on the road traveling so long ago with the spyglass and everything. He's gonna pop up and he's gonna be just like. Oh yeah, I'm 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 the resident like fixer up or make little little doohickey thing. Did he get into the city? <laughs> I'm a dragon too. Don't you remember? We he's that. That. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Everyone. That's just storytelling. Um. Okay. But this, of course, all assumes the fact that we have some sort of source of black mithril. It, is that or a reliable way of imbuing a pre-existing supply of mithril with aberrant energies? Right. Right. And I kind of give Cherish a, a look on that. Um. And at this point, the... Mater D and the servers are bustling back and they brought a uh, a charcuterie board for you all. Nom, 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 nom. They ask for your food orders. Mostly just boils uh, down to uh, sampling the charcuterie board and getting a sandwich made of whatever your favorite bits on that are. What's the most expensive thing? <laughs> the lobster roll. Yeah, nah, get the foie gras, just... dude. I think I just request the house special. Okay. I want prosciutto and brie. Okay. Mm, a little bit of pear on there. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Leave Alfier also gets the house special. And once they're gone, Valfier will get serious again and say, Do you have some method of. Well, any of these things, really. I think this conversation is rather me- moot if we do not. Well, you said that you could obtain a mithril. Um, definitely possible, yes. City. I, we may have... Well, we'll have to <clears throat> discuss it with our the rest of our party, but we may have a source. Or at least a lead on... Aberrant magic. Yeah. Hmm. So. A slim lead. A finicky. A finicky lead. <laughs> but a lead nonetheless. It is all we have at this point. I think you have several fine leads, personally, but that's just me. Yeah. That is true. Cool floor. Mm-hmm. That's true. We do have several. Um. Yes. So, if uh, if we were to obtain those two things, then you'd be able to then set uh, set up a meeting. Undoubtedly, to be sure, I could probably set up a meeting before that. It's simply a matter of practicality. With these objects in hand, we might be able to persuade them a bit more readily. Uh, to our purpose, as opposed to saying a bit more of a a vapor contract, if you will. Right. Mm-hmm. 
So well, perhaps then... if you are able to procure this source of magic, and I am to procure a ready supply of mithril, we could then go about crafting these amulets before we settle on exactly what to do about the far realm situation. Yes. Yeah. I think that sounds like a good idea. And how much mithril do you think we would be needing? How many individuals, how many pendants do we wish to be making? Uh, if this becomes a reliable source, perhaps we could go about making this a suitable way of perhaps even evacuating the city? Perhaps uh, we do not know how dangerous it will be, so that yeah. could be a possibility, but I think moment it'll probably just end up being whoever I mean, if we can get oh god what is the number again well, depends who you want to take eight, with you right the like if it's us and the rift keepers would be eight seven cherish crawl sid tirza then what Etsuko. Etsuko. Etsuko, for sure. And then Arbidon Canaeus. Arbidon Canaeus. Will be seven. want Judah? I was going to say Judah, too. Judah, the son of That good, good Minotaur laser. It wouldn't hurt to have the laser Minotaur. It never does. So eight? Yeah, I think for now we want to aim for eight. Okay. So... That is seven plus the one amulet you already have. Right. <laughs> Eight total, so seven need to be crafted, and that's... And I, I mean, again, right? I mean, I was kind of under the impression that this was going to be a, like, more of, like, the number is going to depend on how much we can actually make, so... It's somewhat flexible, I suppose. Valfir... At least the plan they're proposing now seems to revolve around making as many amulets as you need and then seeing how many you can imbue with magic after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Assuming you don't suddenly stumble across a vast wealth of black mithril already in existence. Heist. Episode. Heist. Episode. Which could be possible. Where you all just try to steal Grawl's sword after he's gone <laughs> invisible and dipped. Uh, your food comes pretty quickly. It turns out the, the house special is something approaching a BLT. Okay. Uh, yeah, with like a, a really nice like garlic spread on it. Um, uh-huh. And as you're eating, after you've sort of come up with that plan, uh, Valfir is clearly eyeing you, Sid, between bites. And she says, So you were raised by your mother, then? God, just, yeah, Cher is just shoving food in her mouth. Cool floor. 
Yeah, yes. cool four. That's correct. And I think that is when Cherish, like, accidentally inhales some of the food she's been shoveling in her mouth a little bit. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I'm really good at it. I was... Yeah. <laughs> I was always curious, you know. About what it would be like free of the responsibilities of this place. Have you never been outside the city? No, it is very rare for anyone beyond the fifth child and lower of any of the high houses to ever leave Fair Ames here. It is dangerous, for sure. Of course. There's a lot of... There's a lot of great and magnificent parts of the valley that are definitely worth it. I have always wanted to see Zonat Zero. Have you been? Not yet. It's on the bucket list. Yes. Bucket list. Indeed, that would be a convenient place to store a list. Uh, more or less. Sure, we'll go with that. The idea of kicking it's the bucket. It's when you have so many ideas that you need a whole bucket to put them in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you say you were raised in Stormhaven, yes? That's correct. Have you ever visited the Alchemist Guild Hall? I'm told it is quite wondrous. No, um, <laughs> it's not really my. Did you steal it? I was just about to say. <laughs> I was just about to say exactly that. <laughs> I do not think Sid has stolen anything from any of the guild halls. Honestly, that would be that would be some high crime. Yeah, okay. that's some oceans level shit. Yeah. Some blades little shit. And uh I think Sid only ever got up to some uh Oliver Twist level shit. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I mean the biggest heist he pulled off was stealing his back. That's true. That is that is very true. Valfir will say are you the reason he left the council meeting so suddenly the other day? Can you say that one more time, Mike? Sorry, you cut out. Are you the reason he left the council meeting yesterday in such a rush? I suppose so. Hmm. Clarification. Further clarification. I will be blunt about this. You, I think, whether you know it or not, have put my brother into a precarious situation.
do you care to elaborate on that? I think you can probably guess at the larger strokes of the situation. There are forces at play here in the city that would see House Lyodon undone, as there are in any greater city. Your mere existence undermines our house's alliance with House Sonoran. Well, then I suppose we should solve this quickly, that I can get out of here. Yes, indeed. That being said, I would appreciate it, and take it as a personal favor, if you limited your interactions with my brother as much as possible. He does not need any further distractions at this point. Well, I think that's going to be up to Lord Lucidian if he keeps busting in on the sanctum. Does Cherish say that out loud? Yeah. And Valfir will get a pensive look on her face. Hmm. Yes, he will need to be spoken to about that. That is not becoming a member of the Corinthiano. And she will finish eating her sandwich. Well, how do we um, get a hold of you once we've obtained what we need to obtain? I am sure Shadoran will be able to put you in contact with me easy enough. The house steward has her ways. Right. Well, I think this. I think we have a, have a good, solid plan for us. I think we know what we need to do. So, I we have some uh, people waiting on us. So, it, we can't keep waiting too much longer. Of course. Thank you for meeting with us. Leave all fear. Uh, we look forward to working with you, and we will do our jobs, do what you need to do to keep your house in order. Indeed. Thank you for understanding our precarious position at this time. Have a good evening. You as well. Do you get up and leave? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Leaving this place is easy enough. Uh, and I'm definitely on the way out, Cherish. is like, please keep your interactions with my brother to a minimum. Oh, what a fucking bitch. It's not like I spell ass. Whatever. I. 
I think <laughs> that when you guys meet up with Grawl and I outside, Tears is like, how did it? And then real like sees the expression on you guys' faces. So it's like, oh, that this well, is, okay. This is all after like Grawl's like, I think it probably went really well. It's family time. They probably chatted a bit. I mean, it's not like it's like it's his meeting his dad or anything like that. Probably not that crazy. Probably just had a nice dinner hung out. Mm-hmm. Your mere existence puts us all at risk. Shut the fuck up, Karen. It was a very productive meeting. We know exactly what we need to do. Let's go back to the Hall of Wonder and do some more research. What? Oh, so we do know what we what we what we need. Yes. Mm-hmm. We saw trash pixies. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> we wonderful. We, we did. We like. Tears are like points at it. Did you find it's any fucked up? No, of course I didn't find. There's trash pixies. They <laughs> grab all the trash. It's ridiculous. I'm supposed first. to get a good there's... meal in this place for free. You know, inside that, <laughs> you know, inside that beehive, there's just a pile of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Think of all the food in there. It's true. And then there's also there's, there's also free food. food at the Hall of Wonder. Right. But that it's wasn't in someone's garbage. <laughs> right, Girl, but it's not, not that day later popcorn. Here? Okay. What? Have you not eaten since we've been here? <laughs> Did you eat the zod? Did you not eat the zod? You had some of the pizza. I don't think he I was had sitting at a different table. Yeah. Yeah. So you all head it back was a to the silly-looking dish. <laughs> didn't partake. You all head back to the Hall of Wonders. Yes. And uh, you find your way there easy enough. Down another seven levels. The nightlife here that is now full come into bloom is apparent as you come towards the hall of wonder and you as you approach you see that there are a couple of people who are looking to spend a night out at the hall of wonders and as they're turned away at the dock they're letting out oh man <laughs> there is an exasperated looking mother with a swarm of children it's like i'm supposed to actually watch these children oh <laughs> Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> and yeah, you make your way back in. Uh, there you find the rest of your companions. Um, Canaeus has uh, moved over to a table where he is trying to teach Alexander how to play dominoes. Um, Arbidon now has a second giant stuffed owlbear. Um, this one is pink. How many colors are there? There are eight colors. How many did he have before getting the one he got yesterday? None, as far as you know. Mm. I think he's got a secret stash somewhere in the Eastwood that is nothing but owl bears. He just pulls back like a like a elaborate forest trap, and it's just full of stuffed owl. This is why I can never bring anyone home. This is my my pride and my shame. Um, I think they'll never find you out here, Mister Beaky. This is why I have to do hookups at random inns. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) But I love them so much. Not after the last time I brought someone back and they laughed. 
Uh, I, oh, <laughs> I think Tirza will pull Cherish, not like out, but to the side to like get a get a sense of what happened. Even if like I don't need to know everything that happened, but I think she's just like, uh, what the fuck was that? Um, again, she's Tirza just like a huge. She's just like a huge raging bitch. No, she's not a huge bitch. It's like. <gasps> She's a really good artificer. Thought she was gonna be cool, but like, of course, she's supposed to. You exist, and that sucks. Like, that makes me so mad. Yeah. This. Yeah. Seems to be a lot of work keeping up the appearance of nobility or whatever. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anything else anyone would like to accomplish this evening? <sighs> hey, Grawl. What's up? You want a drink? Do I want to drink? Yeah. I haven't eaten anything all day. Think how well it's going to work. <laughs> you should eat something, too. How do you not uh, feed yourself? You're fully grown. What is wrong I with you? A lot of things, really. But I've got a list of things. Is it in the Grawl cheat sheet? It's cheat. in the ultimate Grawl cheat sheet, yes. <laughs> All Three times problems. a day? No, that's not. That's definitely not. Otherwise, I would have remembered. Uh, anyways, yeah. Um, bartender. And uh, Catelyn. Will are we in there? Are we... Okay. Uh, yesterday there was this fun kind of weird flat circular dish with little bits of meats and cheeses kind of so like melted on top. You're talking about the czar. We... Right, the czar, the great czar. How would we procure one of those? Give me like 20 minutes and we can get one ready for you. All right. In the meantime... I think we would also care for a couple beverages. <laughs> okay, then. Yeah, let's get a booth and eat some za, like we're uh, on fucking Saved by the Bell or something. Yeah! Okay. So, you all... <laughs> the worst Saved by the Bell cast. <laughs> I don't know, a new trailer just came out for a reboot of Saved by the Bell, and I haven't watched Listen. it yet, so it, we might not be the worst. <laughs> Listen. Zach Morris, Zach Morris is trash. We all know this. Zach Morris is trash. trash. Yeah. (laughs) As you are all settling down for pizza, uh, Master Fizzle Nozzle will bustle around to everybody and start handing out glasses of what looks like some kind of wine. Uh, But each cup has like a, a runic circle drawn around the rim of the glass in what is most likely gnomish, though I don't think any of you can understand that. Uh, don't believe I know that. Nope. No. No way. <laughs> Bad. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, as he hands out a glass to everybody, he's like, okay, okay, we've all had a rough couple of days, I can tell. So, uh, we're all gonna take a glass full of Bliss's Best. What is in Bliss's Best? Who cares? I don't know that I want to know. The last time I didn't check what was in my bed. 
Okay, this that, is a very good point. That's true. You know what that is? Growth. <laughs> yes. There's no paperwork involved with this, though. So no, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's a enchanted did wine of my this? own concoction. Did you bleed in this thing? Uh, no blood in... What? No. I was actually going to ask if there was blood in it, but completely unrelated to is the toilet wine. thing. Any any fey blood in here at all? No, what? Why? It is grapes and some sugars, and it was aged in whiskey barrels. Blood. What blood? We've been we've to had some a rough places. couple months. Listen, we've yeah, been to some we've places. Had a rough okay, days. we've had a rough couple of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me about well, it. Well, yeah. <laughs> sounds Fucking like you need a, a glass of Blizz's best then more than ever. Yes. <laughs> Yes, please. I'll take two. Thank you. Uh, he hands you she one. She did with what? Cherish says, sipping it. <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a swigging Swap. drink. Swap oh, it. yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. It is slightly sweet, uh, but it has no lingering aftertaste whatsoever. Uh, it actually goes down very, very smoothly. Hmm. And... There's no immediate effect at first. And after like half a beat, though, you just get this sense of well-being comes over you in a strange way. There's this warmth that comes down from the top of your head to the bottom of your toes. As though you've been sitting next to a fire at an inn for... About 20 to 30 minutes. Enough to get warm, but not enough to be uncomfortable just yet. And you all suddenly have the urge to tell a joke. (laughs) (laughs) And Arbadon, who is like, was the first to just down this before he had even like begun talking about what it was, um, is going to go... <laughs> uh, hey, everybody! How, how how many bears does it take to 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 wrestle an owl bear? How how many? I I oh no! Wait, hold on, because he says who? That's the punchline. <laughs> I I don't remember. <laughs> And uh, Canaeus will start laughing a little bit and say, <laughs> How many kobolds does it take to change a candelabra? How many? 25. One to hold the candle and the other 24 to work the machine they invented over the course of a weekend to change the candle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know that I know that I know that pixies take out the trash here, but but just roll with me on this one. How many elves does it take to take the garbage out? And Arbadon says, "How many? Five. One to carry it, and four to sing a song of loss." <laughs> <laughs> I found that one on Reddit. It made me laugh really hard. 
and uh fantasy reddit sorry <laughs> the etsuko will say describe it what what do you call a a dwarf who hasn't shaved hairy <laughs> deadpan so good listen you're muted still muted buddy I got one now that I'm not muted (laughs) (laughs) why do uh, why do paladins wear chain mail this for Why? Tears <laughs> because it's holy armor. At that, 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 I don't wear chainmail though. I wear scale well, mail. You know. <laughs> don't don't ruin the moment, Tirza. I'm kidding. <laughs> That was also a joke. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Tears crawl. Okay. God, I'm yeah. trying to look up snake jokes, and they're all, none of them make sense in a fantasy context. <laughs> I just had one. I mean, Tears like... Tears it. Tears I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, what what's what what is a cleric's favorite hot drink? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Divinity. <laughs> and tears are just everyone is now staring at her with anticipation, with like a a little low giggle running through the room. What kind of snake is the best at math? An adder. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey. Uh, what's a rogue's favorite metal? Steel. Steel. Why? Why are there no dwarven lawyers? Why? They they, they couldn't pass the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying this. I I found I found uh, 101 D and D dad jokes that'll make you cringe, <laughs> and they're all bad. They're great. <laughs> they're, they're so they're all good. Bad. And Canaeus will say, "Why was the?" Treant kicked out of the debate club. Why? His bark was worse than his bite. (laughs) (laughs) And this continues in a fashion for a rolling rounds of cringeworthy dad jokes. uh, That the first one was definitely compelled by magic. But after that, everyone is just having a good time. And eventually the pizza is served up, and you are all given more traditional drinks to imbibe. 
and it creates for a a warm, fun, not a not not party atmosphere, but definitely like there is a warmth and frivolity here that you haven't felt in a while. And uh, as the the thirteenth of so comes to an end, uh, there are still hurdles to overcome on the horizon, but at least for now you're in the company of friends who enjoy being with you and are at least halfway okay at making you all laugh. And I think that is where we're going to leave tonight's episode of Material Components with our heroes in good company, with laughter in their lungs and pizza in their bellies. Ah, that's the life. <laughs> because as always you can find us on twitter at matcomrpg that's spelled m-a-t-c-o-m-r-p-g we also have an email address by the way which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com we always love hearing from all of our listeners yes we do sorry I'm still looking at the D&D show <laughs> <laughs> um uh, you can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Loop. Uh, I'm over there making art with my cursed hands. All the time. All the time. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah. my turn. <laughs> Fucking okay. I, for, I don't know. For whatever reason. Did you it remember just like, today? You like started to make noise and I was like, ah, it's my turn. Um, the only way you remember to do it is if I start making a noise as if it's my turn to go. <laughs> uh, the the one D and D joke that I that popped into my head when you said jokes, I was like, "Oh frick, this doesn't work because we don't have these in like we don't know what they're called." But why did uh, the dwarf stop dating his warforged girlfriend? Because she was too high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one too. Um, for more content like this, <laughs> come to uh, cry out Olivia on Twitter and hang out with me. Is it now? It's your is turn. Is it my turn? Is it my turn? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, if you want to find no, me on Twitter, okay, oh, yeah, no, 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 you, you go, yeah, yeah. children, okay. please. All right. If you want to find me on Twitter and Instagram, you can find me at the Readimus. Um, I didn't get any wide cats from you fools. Shameful. Still time. There's still time. Well, no. The thing, the thing is, like that time travel, you know podcast came out episode came out yesterday for us so there's still time for you okay we believe in you don't disappoint me more white cats um and um if you could please 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 rate and review our podcast on whatever platform we're consuming it with that would be awesome we really appreciate it um we love hearing from you guys um and when you do, um, you can include the name of an NPC subject line, and we will include that NPC in our campaign. Now, we got a, uh, a, a review recently 
they didn't follow that rule so that's okay but we still love you for doing it thank you so much um uh but yeah please 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 rate and review our podcast that major d could have had a name that could have it's true. They wanted it to be Sid's the best, but I that, no, can't have a <laughs> third Sid. Yeah. Can't do that. Too many Sids. It's also just not true, but that's fine. <laughs> Indeed. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at MKGurgoni, where I am just chock full of D&D dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and of course, you can find our good, good friend Omatep, who is a walking D&D joke uh, over at NPC underscore AN, because even when some dangerous rapscallions have stolen his monkey, uh, he is, of course, an important NPC. Thank you all so much for listening, uh, especially now. And as always, the world is chaos, so please be kind to one another. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.